You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Welcome to the Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix, brought to you by the Cornish Soccer Talking Football Podcast. It's Friday the 22nd of May 2020, and this is episode number 42 of Series 2. My name's Dave Deacon, and waiting to say hello, well I'm hoping he is anyway, is my co-host... Welcome to the podcast. Come in, Rappo. Afternoon, Deeks. Hope you're keeping safe and well, mate. Yes, thank you. I am very much so. So, and you? Well, I think I might have got you out of bed, didn't I? <laughs> yes. Sorry, mate. I um, I didn't expect to sleep. Yeah, I've, I've had a busy. Well, I've had a busy four nights, really, Dave. So, just finished this morning, mate. Was going to have a. Just a quick couple hours cat nap, mate, turned into about four hours, mate. So I'm a bit groggy, mate. Sorry. I apologise now, mate, for any, uh, <laughs> yeah, any uh, slips of the tongue, mate. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> right. So, um, had a good week. Well, I know you've been working, but has it been a good week otherwise? Yeah, yeah, fine, mate. Managed nine holes, mate. Now you've played a couple of times, mate. Haven't you on your mm-hmm. on your new course there at yeah. TD, mate? But yeah. yeah, yeah, not great, mate. Bit rusty, I think. I think I'll leave the driver in the bag for a couple of rounds. I think, mate. <laughs> Just trying to hit the irons, and yeah. But that's why we love it, I suppose, Dave. Isn't it nice to get out again, isn't it? And at least, at least we got that to do, mate. Good exercise, mate. Isn't it? Yeah. Good exercise. And fresh air as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, lovely. Different yeah. scenery, so uh, that's right, mate. Yeah, I did, didn't realise so much. We sort of missed it, mate. I think, I think when we actually get some Cornish football back, they will we'll have a party, mate. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the big question on that is when. That's a big. Uh, I know. Big issue. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not totally convinced about this Bundesliga on, on telly. Not yet, anyway. No. No, no, I agree, Dave. I think we, we, you know, we was all looking forward to it, mate. When we had some decent football, the, you know, the big build up and everything. And then I watched that Dortmund Schalke game last Saturday, mm. Dave. I suspect you did as well, mate. And mm. it's just like watching Argyle reserves, mate, isn't it? Against <laughs> Portsmouth or something at home, but you know, it's, a, it's like echoing, mate, isn't it? And mm. it, you know, nice to see good footballers and everything, Dave. But yeah, I agree, mate. It's not. It's just. Yeah, you know, eighty-three thousand, mate. Usually, in there at Dortmund, mate. You know that. You know they've sort of lost that advantage straight away, haven't they? You know yeah. that yeah. yellow wall they call it, mate. But but I suppose they won four 0 mate, didn't they? So they didn't miss it that much. But they need. But to, it's now they need to eerie, work on their goal be. celebrations, though, don't they? Now. <laughs> Yeah, that's so weird, though, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, I'm surprised someone hasn't come up with, you know, something a bit original there, isn't it? I'm sure someone will, yeah. Or perhaps all the goals you've scored, perhaps you ought to, you know, to think of something, so... Uh... Yeah, I'll try and think of something, mate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the celebrations have got less as I got older, though. I was too too shattered to enjoy it, mate. <laughs> anyway, are you too shattered, shattered for any tidbits this week? Um, well, I've jotted a few bits down on a bit of paper. Dave, nothing, nothing too interesting, mate. Obviously, I've, I've been a bit hectic uh, the last four days, so I've had um, too much time to scowl, mate, as I usually do. Is it scour, scour, or scowl? That's when you look at someone in a angry not a nice expression. Way, yeah, yeah scowl, scour, scour, mate. Scour. That's the word. Yeah. yeah, that's the word. Sorry, Dave. Sorry that. <laughs> that oversleep, mate. Is, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought, I, I was just looking, uh, 
um, I think that's on Twitter, Dave, I thought, well done to Wendram, mate. You know, they set a target of £5,000. Did you see that by midday mm. on May the 26th? And they've already surpassed that total. Um, you know, great forward-thinking club, Dave, haven't they? All their improvements. Obviously, Peter down there, mate, has done a fantastic job in the last couple of years. And, you know, in memory of Kevin and everything as well, mate, you know, what happened and been a sort of sad two years for the club and a happy one in a way, mate, isn't it? You know, all the, the floodlights up now and mm. but they see yeah, I mean they've surpassed that five thousand total there and and they've set a new bar of eight thousand now by by the same date, mate, next week. So, mm. you know, well done to them, mate. I mean the tally was out by uh, Sport England, Dave, dipping in with two and a half grand, mate. So yeah. it was great, you know. I mean, after total, really, wasn't it? After yeah. original total. But but a great effort all the same, Dave, by a club, you know, who run four men's teams, mate, as well as, you know, all their youth and everything else they do. Make four men's teams in three different leagues across the county. So, so well done to Wendra, mate. You know, just... You know, don't be afraid. I was just thinking, mate, you know, don't be afraid of any clubs, mate, to, to do it. It's, you know, times are going to be hard, I think, mate, aren't they, for a little while. So, mm. so uh, you know, go for it. But And talking of sort of GoFundMe pages and such like, mate, it, it's that time of the year again, Dix, when, when all of us that use the Cornwall Football Forum daily, uh, in my case, mate, or hourly sometimes, mate, when there's matches on. I think we all love the info on there, but whether you use it daily, weekly, or even monthly, mate, you know, if you're so inclined, but uh, but I think it's time to sort of chuck our tenors or 20s in, mate, or, or even fivers, you know, if times are a bit odd lately, but into the pot to keep the forum going, mate, you know, for all, all of us that use it and get the great info and make the most of it, mate, out of it, I, I think you know, I think a tenner is a pretty small price to pay, mate, for a year's entertainment that we get out of the forum. I think the total is £780 needed, mate, in it every year to keep it going. So, yeah, so let's get on the case, everyone. I mean, I'll throw mine in next Friday, mate, on payday. I think it's well worth it to keep the forum going, Dave, don't you, mate? You know, you're obviously a... Well, Mr. Cornish football mate in all senses of the word, but but you know it's your sort of brainchild, Dave. And you know I think we all. How many members is it, Dave? But you know for the for four males thinking that. Well, I mean there there's about four and a half thousand that have actually registered, but obviously not yeah. not all of those um, post on no. it, but. Uh, but yeah, it's you know in peak time it's it's viewed quite a bit. I mean, obviously at the moment with the you know no football being played, it's it's quite down. Yeah. But uh, we sort of delayed putting the the appeal up because obviously there's so many other funds that are being asked to be contributed to um, you know NHS and all that sort of thing. So we've delayed it. Yeah. But Richard Chown, who obviously is, the forum's actually in, in his name as such. He, you know, felt that um, we had to do it soon, so we we put it on. Um, we've already got the first month's um, payment uh, covered, so it's only been on what a week or so, is it? Um, if that, so you know, we we we've got one month's worth of uh, money to to, uh, and the the reason for the money is that we we pay so that it's quicker. That, that, you know. You might have remembered in the past it's been sluggish and sometimes it went down, especially on a Saturday evening when it was so busy. Um, you know, we we pay the money so we get a better service, basically. So, um, 
if anyone yeah. wonders why we why we ask for money. So, um, but and, and thanks for mentioning it because I didn't ask you to mention it. But so, uh, you know, it's yeah. it's good that you mentioned brought it up. Yeah. And, uh, hopefully, we can uh, keep it going. Yeah, definitely, David. Yeah, I mean, I've got so much pleasure out of it over the years, David, as I saw a lot of people has, mate. So, yeah, we need to keep it going, mate, don't we? So, like you say, especially when the football starts again, mate, it's, it's pretty invaluable, mate, isn't it, mm. for them? So, yeah, not every county's uh, lucky enough to got, you know, have what we got, really, mate, are they? So, it's a, and, you know, you can have a good laugh on there sometimes as well, <laughs> can't you? So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, but, um, but yeah, I don't know if you know, Dave, it's mental um, mental health awareness week this week, Dave. Mm, yeah, I saw that. And yeah, it's just a couple of things, mate, um, to do with that, really, mate. I don't know if you've seen Harry's Heroes, mate, have you, on ITV this I've week? I've yet to been... watch it, actually. Um, uh, I haven't seen it. I saw the, the, the first, well, first series as such, whenever that was, yeah. back along, Um so I I know I know the sort of gist of it, but I haven't seen any of this week. So I've still got that pleasure to come. Uh, you'll enjoy it, mate. Yeah, it's uh, well I've only seen the well the first one and a half really, mate. So I've still got a bit to but it's worth. I mean, it's worth a look, mate, for any football fan. Don't it? it takes you through the takes you through the emotions a bit, really, mate. You with the likes of Razor, Ruddock, mate, Paul Merson, and and Lee Hendry as well, mate. You know, they've all their, their sort of personal issues, mate, or problems. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really good watch, mate, for a few hours. And and on the subject of mental health as well, they well, well, it's you know this week. Um, I just finished a book recently, mate. I don't know if anyone would. You know any of our readers? Uh, uh, like it's is a great read, mate. If 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 well, if not really sad as well, mate. It's it's about the German national keeper, mate, Robert Enker. Well, he basically, I mean, back in uh, November two thousand and nine, mate, he, he stepped in front of a, a train uh, and took his own life. Um, it's a fascinating book, mate. You know, for any of the avid readers who've you know, still got a bit of time on their hands, mate, with this, uh, the old coronavirus still going on. But, but he had a wife, mate, young child, you know, everything seemed happy. He was Germany's number one at the time, mate, you know, heading towards the 2010 World Cup. But um, just goes to show, mate, you know, nobody knows what demons, you know, maybe in someone's head, mm. I suppose, the dictionary is a, a pretty sad, but, but it's an excellent, you know, f- well, you know, it's fantastically written book, mate, brilliantly written. And, uh, you know, as you know, mate, I'd read a lot. And, um, you know, it's one of the best books I've read for a few years, mate. So if anyone, it's called A Life Too Short, Dave, and it's by Robert Enker. Um, I remember actually, mate, when I went to watch that Champions League match, um, you remember I won that competition day for Walker's Chris? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I watched Wolfsburg against Real Madrid, and um, the next sort of city along is, is actually Hanover, mate. And we, me and Rachel, stayed there a night as well, you know, just to make a, like a, a bit of a few days out of it, mate. And um, and I went and looked at their stadium, mate. It's a massive, great sort of sixty thousand stadium, and, and the road leading up to that stadium, mate, is called the Robert Enker Way. Uh, the Robert, yeah, it's really nice, nice mate, to see. Yeah, because yeah, he was a sort of. That was his main sort of club in his career, mate. But but yeah, fantastic book, mate. If if anyone, you know, wants to want to, you know, sort of a bit, but got a bit of spare time still, it's a, you know, lot, well, you know, it's a sad book, but it's a really good book, mate. Um, a lot of uh, the stuff in there's from his wife and that, mate. You know, mm-hmm. so. 
so you know you really sort of get to know the the man like me but uh, very sad and last but not least Dave there was an interesting article in this week's Bournemouth packet mate <laughs> written by sports editor Matt Friday mate about a certain Mr Dave Deacon mate. I don't know if you know him mate no, you know, who's that? Who's that? Yeah, well, he's, all, he's a busy man, mate. He's, he's all about how busy you are, mate, on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> on a match day. Really enjoyed it, mate. Anyway, you know, if anyone wants to get this week's packet, mate, I'm sure sure Deeks will sign it for you, mate, <laughs> will you? You know, no charge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really good, mate. It's a good series, actually, mate, because I, I remember um, last week's, mate, they had a bit about form of captain James Ward, mate, mm. the mate, Wardy. Who's yeah. been on the show a few times? Many over our, over our, what sixty six episodes, I think, mate. Today yeah. sixty six. So a good year, good year, mate. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, really good, mate. Well, yeah, well done, enjoyed that. Um, well done to Matt, mate, for his. You know, I mean, he's trying to keep uh, people interested in the local football scene, mate. Anyway, well, we've got no actual games to report on. He's certainly doing so, that, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's a busy boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, good good on him, mate, good on him. Well, I've got one more bit, mate, that is about the St. Perrins League, so I'm going to save it Ooh. for when you ask me if I've got anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I've actually got a little couple of things this oh, week, Oh, my. Right. Yeah, not a lot, not a lot, but okay, yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's about it, though. Okay, well, thanks for that. You've got me all worked up now. Can't wait until we get to the Superior League, so... Uh... Uh, it's not that exciting, is it? <laughs> right, right. Well, well, other than what Rappo's going to tell us about the Superior League, what, what have we got on the show this week? Well... Firstly, we've given Cam Weldon, our resident Truro City man, we've given him a week off for good behaviour, all right? So um, Cam's not appearing this week, so uh, I've given him the time off. But uh, what yeah. do we have? Well, we've got two managers, Steve Sharp and Paul Perrow, who's looking forward to stepping up into the shoes of Matt Pangeli, who uh, we heard from a couple of weeks ago. Um, that's not going to be easy, but um, Steve Good gives us, yeah, that's right. Steve gives us an idea what's to come from him, and also he looks back on the season just finished. We also hear from Penzance Southwest Peninsula League manager Anthony Reynolds. Uh, he's decided this week to uh, give it another go for another season at Penley Park. Um, yeah, uh, regular guests John Colenza and Phil Hiscox. They're with us. John keeps us up to date with all things at. Uh, uh, it's clear, and also obviously the East Cornwall Premier League. While Phil continues with our look back at the uh, Southwest Peninsula <laughs> League, and this week it's season 2013-14. So uh, we're getting there on that series. Um, I think we will comfortably finish it, Rapper, before so. football yeah. is played again, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I think my fears were uh, <laughs> no need to be. Uh, yeah. I think definitely that, yeah. Yeah, right, that's right. Now, first up this yeah. week, we're going over the border. Are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, go on, mate. Yeah. I feel, feel like that, mate. Feel <laughs> like going over the border. Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched the new film out, Round Hour Away, The Story of Plymouth Parkway? Have you taken a look at it? I know you have, but uh, let us... Fantastic, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, well, yeah. before we talk about it, let's, uh, he let's hear from... Uh, the man who made the film, and find out a little bit more about it, Mike Parrish. Well, Mike, the initial response has been absolutely great, hasn't it? Thousands of viewings already on your YouTube uh, f filming. The thing with this this documentary, I think it's 
the first I've done big projects before, but this was the, the big big one, and I didn't really know how it was going to be seen on social media because it's it's it is just about one football club. But the response, I mean, it's been absolutely amazing. I couldn't have asked for anything else. Uh, and well, I was going to say, you must be more than pleased with the final product as well, though. You know, it's been put together so brilliant. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, I've had lots of videographers from other clubs get hold of me and say, "This is brilliant. You've raised the bar." But Dave, I've been, I've been at university for three years training for this um, and learning along the way. And this is the career I want to go into. And for me, at the end of the third year, to be able to produce something like that, which has resonated with people, which has told a story, which looks good on film, um, I am over the moon with it. And But it, I, it wouldn't have been a story without what happened at Parkway, the football on the pitch and the characters that I interviewed. It all sort of came together and it was a, it was a really, really good journey. Yeah, I mean, that is a big thing, though, isn't it, Mike? The fact that Parkway are a successful side, the fact that they had a, you know, a, a very good FA Vaz run, it all sort of slotted into place to some extent, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. And I'll be honest with you, before I went to Parkway, I didn't know anything. I did know a little bit about them, but being from Plymouth myself, I didn't know a lot about them. Um, and then you get... Obviously, as I went and filmed more games, you get to know the club and, and to understand the new chairman that came in and what he wanted to do. And I felt early on there was a story to tell, a bigger story to tell. And um, I kept that in the in my back pocket sort of thing to think what could happen. And then it all sort of came together on the final day of the 2018-19 season when they lost on the final day. Yeah. Uh, sorry, they drew on the final day and they were forced to play Western League football again for another season. So the story came from there. Um, everything came together. And like you say, what, what a season to cover. Obviously, the ending nobody wanted with, with the coronavirus ending it. But I think the FA Vaz run they went on, I think for a lot of people who have watched the documentary, you've got about people from Tiverton and, you know, who've won the FA Vaz before. They've, they've got hold of me and they said... Um, that we remember those scenes in the changing rooms. So I think each piece of the story has resonated with different people. Yeah, that last game of the season uh, at, up at Chipping Sodbury, the, the idea you, you, you sort of mentioned was already in your head, but did you think immediately Parkway lost out on that on that day? Did you think then, right, now's the time to, to, you know, to start cracking on a, a serious uh, uh, you know, project? As soon as the final whistle went, I thought that's this is my dissertation now because I didn't know how they could have been promoted um, and the story could have been their first season in the Southern League and yeah that would have been a nice story to tell and obviously I wish the club would get to the Southern League but for me as a filmmaker it was <laughs> I kind of not had a smile on my face but I thought wow next season's going to be hugely important for this ambitious club um, they put themselves up on a pedestal to, to try and get up they didn't go up and um, and to have to do the season again and with the added um, the added pressure of teams like Tavistock and Exmouth coming into the league it just it was all bubbled up nicely for a story and I thought this is one that for a long form documentary three parts it, it was it kind of fell into my lap perfectly and um, 
the actual mechanics of, of going about filming it and, and all that sort of thing, did you have freedom to film whatever you wanted? Um, yeah, game-wise, yes, that was fine. I could do whatever I wanted. Um, the thing is with, um, I suppose, any manager, coach, they're all very guarded of the dressing room yeah. um, dynamic. And it took me, I wouldn't say it took me, but uh, I spoke to Lee at the start of the season and I said about having changing room footage and it would really add something to the to the documentary. And he let me in a couple of times, which you see in the film, I go in there as with the camera myself. And as a filmmaker, you don't know if, if people are playing up to the camera. Uh, but I think after about, I think it was about three months of the season in, um, a conversation was had between me, Lee and Carl, and he, he granted me access to a, change, a, Go, a GoPro camera in the corner. And I think, especially the third episode, the changing room footage tells the story. Uh, there's less interviews. There's um, there's less uh, football in a sense. It's more that changing room environment which people which people um, I think relate to more. And the interviews, yeah, all the interviews. Everyone was eager to do an interview, and um, I think I picked some really good people to. Uh, you know the the feedback I've had through Shane Crack has been unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, he comes out with some beauties, doesn't he? It's just, you don't realise when you're interviewing him that this line, uh, there's going to be so many people online who just write back, you know, talk about what he says. And, yeah, character, absolute character. But that's what you need in, in local football. And, and hopefully this film promotes not just Parkway, but the non-league landscape in the southwest. Hmm. There's only once I think you mentioned the change room uh, filming. There's only once I think that Lee almost loses the change room, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Both at half time. Um, but to incorporate that into, you mean I, I had well, every game. I had about half an hour, forty minutes of GoPro footage from the change room to sift through from the start, <laughs> the middle, and and coming in. So. Uh, as a filmmaker, you've got to pick your moments. Um, I, I'm sure there was probably more uh, the bigger scenes than that in the dressing room, but you need to tell the story. You can't just put things in because they they look good or they think it will be impactful. It's got to be impactful to the story. And I think what I put in um, in the changing room probably people can relate to as well. Yes, there's moments when it's great and it's fine and they're celebrating, but there's also moments when it's not fine and there's the arguing and there's the other side of it and, and coming out on the other side, it's, yeah, those were the best moments for me to edit and put together. Mm. How many cameras did you actually have working during the game? Because you mentioned that the GoPro in the changing room. I, I noticed on the uh, credits that you, you've uh, <laughs> mentioned GoPro filming. I mean, it, sometimes it looks as if you've got a shot from nearly every angle. You know, <laughs> how many people yeah. have actually going? Well, I was lucky on the home games. I had a, a colleague of mine, um, David Bray. He he would uh, join me on a Saturday afternoon. He loved it to come down to Belifo. He would go up in the gantry. That would leave me to roam around the pitch with my camera. And then a GoPro on either end of the goal. And then a GoPro in the changing rooms. <laughs> and then I was going to incorporate um, a dugout cam, which I did for the final game 
and then obviously the coronavirus came and stopped me. So all in all, yeah, one, two, three. There was about five on a on a home day and then four on the away day. Right. And crikey, after a game, I mean, when did you sit down and, and go through the, the film footage of each match? I mean, it must have been, well, it must have been a nightmare having to do it every game, surely. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was at the start of the season because I was still producing highlights for the club. Um, they still wanted me to put a highlight packages out but um, I didn't do it on away games so away games I would come home and, and load in the um, footage into the into Premiere Pro with the editing software and um, you kind of have to do it straight away yeah. you pick the best things from the game and the things that obviously the goals the action but any other little bits that interest you and you start to cr- so my edit for this documentary started back in July last year right and what's the likes of Mark Russell, the chairman, and Lee Hobbs, the manager? What have they said about the final product? Well, they loved it. They loved it. Lee was... I think Lee didn't realise it was going to be what it was. Yeah. Um, and neither did the... I think Mark understood where I was coming from. He was a bit... Because I interviewed him separately. I didn't really tell anyone what was going on within the documentary. Um and I think when they watched it, Mark phoned me afterwards and he said, oh, there's a bit of a language in there, isn't there? And I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, I could have I could have tucked the language out and I could have made it clean, but it would have been a fake story then, I think. I think it wouldn't have been the correct story. So even though there is strong language in there, I think it's in there for the right reasons and mm. it, it helps the story along. I haven't just left it in there for effect. Um, I thought about it quite a bit, but they all love it. Uh, I've had the Gary Turner, the groundsman down there. He said he shed a tear over it, and mm-hmm. which is really, really, you know, he's an absolutely amazing bloke. And um, it was nice to do it. Obviously, it's it's a film that I want to push myself, you know, promote myself. But you can't help but form a, a friendship and a relationship with the people down there. Um, just like anybody who goes to any local football club, I think uh, the, the characters within every local football club are the, are the reason a, a good story is told. Yeah, and that's what you've done so well, that it's not just about the players. It's You've got Gus Baggett, who's been at the club for a number of yes. years. You've got Gavin <laughs> Lloyd. I mean, you know, you, you've got everyone that's involved on, you know, every day of the week at the club, haven't you? Yeah, I have, and that's, they were all very uh, willing to to give. Well, I had to coax Jez a little bit to get him on camera, <laughs> and, um, and Gav was Gav was brilliant on camera. He's been he's been received really well. Uh, I'm just a bit disappointed that I couldn't get uh, more stories from outside of the bubble of Parkway, if you like, more people looking in. I wanted to go up to Alberton Villa because uh, they've kind of become the forgotten football club mm-hmm. of Plymouth now, and they've been a, a fantastic club in a non-league football club for so many years and were the premium football club for a long time, uh, non-league-wise. So it's I wish I did more of the people looking in and what other people perceive Parkway as. Mm. But like I said, the coronavirus put pay to a lot of things I wanted to do, and and I was left with the footage I had, and, and um, but... Overall, um, I'm really happy with the story I told. Who was your favourite character for interviewing them? <laughs> um, well, I think in the process, uh, Lee Lee was Lee's a, Lee's a good interviewer. He talks really well. But Mikey Williams was was brilliant. 
Um, everyone liked Mikey. Um, and when I interviewed Shane, I kind of, I was focused on, there was a few issues in the interview that, not with Shane, but lighting and things like that, where I was a bit concerned about. And it wasn't until I looked at the interview when I got back and I listened to what he said properly. Uh, and it was amazing. <laughs> you know, I said to him, mate, just be yourself. If Try not to swear. <laughs> um, he said, yeah, yeah, I won't. And um, I think the first question I asked in this third word was a swear word. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, oh, this, is, this, is, this is how it's going to be. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, he, he's probably driven on hundreds and hundreds of extra viewers just through word of mouth alone. and. Yeah. And, and you need that. You need characters. You can't have everyone to be straight laced all the time and and uh, give uh, an opinion answer. He gave. He said it like it was. And yeah, he, he he phoned me yesterday and he said, Mike, my phone hasn't stopped ringing, ringing since Friday when it went out. He said it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> um, so it was. Yeah, he is the character. He's uh, you know he's people say. I think everyone knows what he's like on the pitch, but yeah. off the pitch he's. Yeah, he's a really nice lad. Yeah. And there's a couple of players we don't hear from. Were they a bit camera shy or what? One, one in no, particular no, is, all, is Adam Carter. I mean, we don't... Yeah, yeah. I wanted to get Adam through what he's done within the, the Southwest Peninsula. Yeah. I think he's all-time got top yeah. goal scorer. And, yeah, like, uh, Dave, the interviews were planned. I was doing them in kind of I didn't want to do them all together I, I was trying to spread them out uh, I waited till the second half of the season to start interviewing the players because they would have things to talk about mm. uh, and then it, I had three or four lined up but the coronavirus happened <laughs> so I couldn't get them all on, on camera um, but they all wanted to yeah there were some who were a bit uh, I know Billy Palfrey and, and people like that were a bit oh do I have to but yeah. There was three, four, five of us that I really wanted uh, to get on camera, and it's a shame I didn't. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a, one of the things about it, I guess, is that what a shame that the season didn't get finished. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. I remember when it was. I think my friend came down to visit me, and we were kind of the news was filtering through through that Italy was on lockdown, and I thought oh, we'll be okay, we'll be okay. This. And then it happened, and I was devastated for a good week. Um, did you, like, did you think, oh, you know, that's it. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm not doing it anymore, sort of thing. Yeah, it's just like I ruined it. I ruined it. It's no, not I, but it's ruined. Yeah. Um, the the games that I film mean nothing. Um, it's pointless. But then you 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 give it time, and you think actually, well, this is you've got to. You've got to put a positive spin on it. Um, yes, it happened. Yes, the games were, you could say, you know, don't, don't, don't count, won't be on the record books, but that story happened. Um, that's the story I was spent seven months filming, and, and you know, I'm going to tell it, and uh, ending or no ending. Um, and you just got to throw it forward to the next season, and that's how you end it. It's, it, it throws up a... An interest, I think that oh, would they have got promoted this season? You know, Tabby were doing brilliantly, Bradford, uh, other teams around them as well. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't set that they were going to go up. So you've got to play to all your strengths 
with a with an ending like coronavirus, and that's by throwing it forward and keeping the story interested and alive. And I think the response I've got with people saying I can't wait to see what happens to the club next season, you kind <laughs> of you kind of tick that box that oh, I'm really happy that. I ended it the way I did, and people think like that. Yeah, I think that actually adds to it. Yeah, the season has been pointless to a lot of people, but this is going to be there forever, isn't it? For, you know, people will know what happened in season twenty nineteen twenty. You know, when it comes to part way, when it comes to the you know COVID nineteen. You know, it's just it just pictures the season that didn't finish. Dave, you're exactly right, and for I think for everyone, um, you know, I've got both feet in non-league football now and know lots of people and I just feel sorry for them. Yes, I'm a filmmaker and for my story it it was frustrating um, but for the people who are in it every day, day in, day out, um, it's I feel for them. It, the work they put in and I think it just shows the importance of non-league football and the how much it's going to be celebrated when it's back and that first game kicks off. But for me also, I don't think this film would have got probably uh, the explosion it has on, on social media if we weren't going through lockdown. Mm. So it's kind of worked in my favour a little bit more as well, I think. Yeah. Um, even though it's ended my ended the film, ended the season, it's kind of the seven months that did happen, I think a lot more people have seen it than they would have if things were normal if you understand what I mean it's it's just been very I've been very lucky that way yeah now you mentioned your Stuart University um was this part of your sort of work for uni or yeah this was I've just this was my dissertation project so my final honours project so this is the main project at uni this is what you are a big percentage of your final mark goes on right and this was it. What what does your what's your tutor or whoever looks at it sort of before you know what have they said about it? Well, um, the lecturer up at Marjon, uh, Mike Baker, uh, he he's helped me, guided not guided, but he's given me helpful tips throughout. I remember when I went to him at the start of our very first meeting, I said I want to do a season long documentary, and he's like, "Are you sure? <laughs> it's going <gonna> be... <laughs> to be a bit difficult." Um, but I was adamant that I wanted to do it. He's helped me through it. He's seen little bits here and there, but he's got to market in July, so right. um, I'll have to wait till then. But I think the traction it's had on social media and beyond, hopefully, um, I could be in for a good mark, but obviously I've got the written side I had to do and everything like that. So nothing's set in stone, but we'll just have to wait and see. Right. So what now then? So you've touched on it. Is there going to be a follow-up? Well, this is this is it, Dave. Um, I think again we'll have to go back to coronavirus, and I think the, the, the job market and it's all going to be a bit yeah you know, up in the air for six months. So I'm looking to keep my base in Plymouth. Um, I've still got links with with Marjon, so I can still use equipment from there um, uh, and. Uh, freelance work I, is is available. Uh, I can sustain a living uh, over the next season. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very keen on doing a second one because I think I think the story works and that that story will I think will be a finished product 
if they get to the end of the season next season with a trophy or without a trophy. Mm. Um, and that's the natural conclusion. So, yeah, I'd love to keep this story going. Um, and I think people would be interested to see it. Yeah, that's right. So round our way, a story of Plymouth Parkway. That's uh, the producer, Mike Parrish. Now, I can't let you go without asking you about um, the podcast side of things, the Devon Football Show. What, what's happening on that front? Uh, another another one as well, um, Dave. Um, we it's obviously we've stopped it now, but there is scope. Jack is also staying in Plymouth. He's, he's managed to secure a position at Marjon, which I'm ex- uh, extremely delighted for him. So we're both in Plymouth. Uh, we've both got access to a studio, but I don't think time-wise we're going to be doing a weekly show. I think it's either going to become fortnightly. Um, or bi-monthly because we're just too busy Uh, and I think a longer show over a longer period of time um, you could get more in and maybe we can incorporate some video footage we don't know but like you say it isn't just about Parkway for me it's Every club in Devon has, has been brilliant, and um, I feel for teams like Ilfacuma, who were dead set on going up, and they've got to do the season again. And Tiverton had a wonderful run and stuff like that. So it's just, I think, non-league football, Devon and Cornwall. Cornwall's huge already. I mean, I remember seeing Falmouth that FA Vars this season. That was that was one of the standout moments for me. That was glorious, absolutely amazing to see that that back stand at Falmouth and. Mm. Uh, I've spoke to Westgarth a lot and I've spoke to lots of people within Cornish it's, it, we should be very proud that down here of, of our footballing landscape and, and how good the football is You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix Well Rappo that's Mike telling us a bit more about the ins and outs of uh, well a little bit more than a season with Parkway um, you've watched it what do you think? Oh Dave I, I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant mate I loved it. You know, I know we mentioned to watch it, didn't we, on last week's show? But but I didn't know it was going to be that good, mate. To be honest, it was it was superb, mate. Wasn't it? it was it was like you couldn't sort of look away, mate, wasn't it? You know, you <laughs> that's had to right. That's right. Yeah, I, I didn't want to even go and make a cup of tea. You know, I wanted to watch it all. I mean, I think Mike's captured it all on film there, mate. That you quite, you know, it's quite emotional in parts, mate. You know, really. Well, it's really funny, mate, you know, especially crackers and that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, some of his quotes are brilliant, mate, but, but yeah, absolute quality, mate. And, and Lee and Carl, mate, you know, quite inspirational at times, mate, as well. So, it had it all, really, mate, didn't it? I mean, and some cracking goals in there as well, mate, wasn't there? To, to, I mean, I didn't realise Mikey Williams was such a good player. Mate. I knew he was good, mate, but he's some player, Dave, isn't he? Mm, Listen, that, he's... Yeah, great lad as well, mate. I thought he sort of come over and spoke really well, didn't he? But but no, Mike's captured it brilliant, mate. You know, brought back the old memories, mate, of that, you know, the dressing room, you know, celebrations after a good win and all the banter that goes on, mate. It was, uh, you know, absolutely fantastic uh, production, mate, wasn't it? Yeah, Mike uh, as well, he, he was very modest about it all, wasn't he, I thought? Yeah, seems to sort of took it all in his stride, mate, didn't he? And, and yeah, I, th- I think, is up there with as good as a, I mean I enjoyed it more than the Sunderland flying the wall there I don't know what you thought mate you know, I have not seen the Sunderland one so I can't compare it but um, no, you know a lot of the professional ones I've seen Dave I think is a, 
you know, I just think you've done such a brilliant job with it, mate. And you know, congratulations to Mike, mate, and and everyone at Parkway. You know, it's it's a shame we didn't get to see the sort of finale, mate, wasn't it? Yeah. This, this yeah. Really, but, but I suppose that's made it all the more. I don't know, mate. It's, it's probably you know, it's a story that's to, to be told, isn't it? Like like you and Mike said, really, mate. Yeah, I suppose that that that, that there is no finish. Probably makes it even more appealing in a way, mate, doesn't it? Yeah, to watch this yeah. next time. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That makes it more intriguing. But um, yeah, good what, words. Who's your? What's your, Have you got any favourite bits that you can recall or not? <laughs> I, even just the little things, like like Lee Hobbs uh, turns around there once and just shrugs to the camera. I just thought, you know, it's just brilliant filming, all of it. I just enjoyed it so much. It's untrue. And it's good yeah. to see that I, I had a quick look, um, I think it was earlier today, how many viewings it's had, you know, on YouTube. And the, the first yeah. episode's had about 6,500. Um, so, you know, already it's sort of building momentum. So anyone who's not seen it, um, just to, to make sure you, you find it easy, it's yeah. called Round Our Way, The Story of Plymouth Parkway. It's by Mike Parrish. Uh, all you've got to do, it's on YouTube. Just search on YouTube for Plymouth Parkway and you can't miss it, basically. But um, have you got any other, any sort of favourite bits, Rappu, or not? Oh, God, oh, I spent a lot of it laughing at uh, Crackers, mate. They do some of its stuff was was brilliant, but but you know, I, did, I sort of like the football. I mean, like Mike's, you know, I mean everything else that goes with it, obviously, you know, and um, you know, but good to see old Jez and that mate on there. You know, I've known him yeah. since I was sort of youngster. You know, like you have that, you know, youngster starting out with Falmouth. You know, when I was eighteen, nineteen, mate. You know, when when I remember Parkway, you know, playing at the at Brickfields and everything, Dave and. Mm. And you know, I remember scoring a couple there, and I think we lost three two. But I remember getting a couple, you know, with the old running track there. And you know, when you look how, so you know, how far Parkway have come, mate, to the like, lovely facilities they got today, mate. And and Mike sort of covered all that, didn't it? You know, the, the the clubhouse and everything, mate. You know, and you know, obviously great average attendance a club gets now, mate. And you know, it's a, it's a well. I was going to say it's sleeping joint. It's not sleeping, mate. It's, it's certainly awake, mate, isn't it? and thriving. But I think, you know, with a city like Plymouth, Dave, I think Parkway can just go from strength to strength. You know, obviously a lot of Argyle fans are in the city, but, you know, I think a lot of it could be everyone's second team in Plymouth, couldn't it, without a day, Parkway? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a yeah. great film. It'll be interesting to see... Uh, yeah. Well, I, I wonder really, you know, Mike must have thought, oh, no, it means I've got to do it all again next season now, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I hope he does, mate, don't you? I'd love to see it. In fact, I'll probably watch this one again, I think, mate. You know, I'll, I might leave it a month or so and watch it again, mate. Yeah. Makes you realise, mate, as well, how, um, how good uh, Cork it is, mate. Then, you know, as a, as a big target man, mate, doesn't it? You know, some of the goals and, yeah. you know, you know it's... Yeah, it's, it's well, just fantastic. You know, congrats to Mike, mate. You know, and and uh, really, like you said, Dave, is is a must watch, mate, in it for any Cornish or Devon, you know, local football fan. Yeah. I've only got, I've got, I've got one concern about it. Yeah. Penalties. I know, mate. Yeah. Some of those were shocking, yeah. weren't they? They were, weren't they? That one caught stuck over, mate. Yeah. Right, he's. Everything that could be wrong about it, mate, was <laughs> leaning back, mate, wasn't he? Opened his foot. Well, put his shirt up over his head, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. It usually takes a nice penalty as well, actually. I know. They, they're normally yeah, very he, cool, into the corner, bottom corner, and that's it. Yeah. He, 
Yeah, he's good, mate, because he leaves it late, doesn't he? I think he watches the keeper a little bit on his pens, mate, sometimes, you know, he... I think he waits for them to make a little... He does take a nice pen, so surprised at that. But, but yeah, yeah, talented bunch of lads, though, David, mate. You know, you, you got you got to fancy him to, to win it next season, I think. It's a tough league, though, isn't it, that top six in the, in the Western, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's right. It seems pretty tight, doesn't it, uh, amongst yeah. them? And, uh, of course, change of management or management team there at Parkway as well, with Matt Cusack coming in for Carl Curtis. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think that will make too many differences, but um, you never know. No. no, no, obviously Cole's highly rated, mate, isn't he? You know, as he's, you know, got his move to Oracle, you know, mm-hmm. sort of, um, you know, says about it. And then you can see why, mate, can't you? But, but obviously we know Matt really well, mate. He spoke to him a lot this season and he'll, he'll be excellent as well, mate. I bet, I bet it's wetting his appetite looking at that, mate, isn't it? I bet Matt's like, raring to go, mate, isn't he? Yeah. I just hope yeah. he shaves that beard off. Have you seen him on Twitter lately, Matt? Yeah, Westy as well. Mate, seen Westy's beard though? No. He's got a big Yeah, it? Westy's got one. Suits him actually, mate, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Westy gave me a text, mate. I don't know if anyone goes on, you know, the F Troop Facebook page. I'm not on that yet, obviously. I don't do Facebook, Dave. But, but uh, I, I go on Rachel's sometimes, mate, just to have a look on the F Troop page. And, and uh, Westy's doing a thing, mate. Obviously, like everyone trying to keep us interested. Well, no football. He's um, it, well, he sent me a sort of fifteen question questionnaire thing, mate, to fill in, and he's he's already done like Andy Street and Tommy Matthews, mate, John. He's, done, yeah, all, you, he's got, done all the good players. Now he's just scraping the barrel a bit, isn't he? That's it, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's done all the interesting ones, mate. Now he's uh, yeah scraping the rain, mate. For the... <laughs> yeah. But no, mate. Yeah, he's um, yeah he's, he's done a good job, mate. So if anyone's interested in you know any former fans out there, mate, or anyone that enjoyed watching former over the years, mate, yeah, there's some good old uh, interviews in there, mate. At Westy and Mickey, you know, obviously Westy's dad, mate. Is it? big part of it as well so yeah I enjoyed reading, reading a few of them but I'm more intrigued to hear that he's got a beard yeah yeah Westy's beard mate um, you're not are you on Instagram Dave? Uh, I am well, I don't um, go on there very much but I, I am but I yeah, can find yeah, you yeah have a alright yeah yeah I think Westy's beard is pretty prominent on there mate because <laughs> <laughs> I had to look twice mate to be honest <laughs> yeah Westy you know, nice looking lad mate isn't he yeah, hiding underneath that beard but he, he pulls that off as well mate to be fair you know, he's, uh, oh. yeah. I hate yeah, people he's, like uh, that don't you yeah, I know, mate. He's a bit of a David Beckham, mate. Isn't he? I said, well, I can't imagine Westy wearing a Sharon. What's it mean? Sharon, isn't it, mate? Around Palmer, mate. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Either I, I yeah. Could, yeah, I, I could see that. I, I could, yeah, I could see Milshi doing it, mate, on the night out <laughs> <laughs> when those two get together. But, but nah, mate. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he can pull anything off, mate. Can he? Yeah, cool, cool guy, mate. And he's a cool guy. Okay. <laughs> Well, let's let's hear if John Colenso can pull anything off. Um, he's our East Cornwall Premier League contact. What's he up to? Well, John, we're talking, and you're actually on the pitch, I gather. I am live on the pitch in St. Clear, yes. What's the score at the moment? Uh, I'm winning 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, not too much to talk about this week, but just a couple of points perhaps to... Uh, Repeats, really, if anything, or certainly one thing. How's the uh, new Twitter account gone down with everyone? Yeah, good. We seem to be tagging quite a lot of people in it, and people are retweeting us and bits and pieces, which, which is what you need to get started, isn't it? So, yeah, it's good. Right. You still need more followers, no doubt. So, uh, 
definitely. Yeah, keep keep um, EC, ECP League. Right. I was going to ask, what's the account name? ECP League. Right. So, yeah. so anyone associated with the league as a player, supporter, whatever, that's what they've got to follow. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, um, any news on any AGM? I've seen there's been a little bit of discussion about uh, how it might be carried out, uh, but any official news at all? About no, nothing, nothing official yet. Um, so as, as it appears, it will come straight on our Twitter page, hopefully, now. Uh-huh. We've educated a few people on how to use it, and uh, there's three of us now with the password, so hopefully we can... Uh, get the news out there as it happens right okay so in the meantime um i gather it's clear have been what training tonight yeah well well virtual training really we've <laughs> well, um, yeah yeah what we've done we've um signed up to a company called cnj fitness who have been absolutely brilliant just it's just something to try and keep the squad involved with each other and competing um, so what they do, they set you tasks Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays and at the end of the week do you a graph to show how you're getting on and who you need to catch up with and bits and pieces like that. We've been doing that a couple of weeks now and it's been it's been really good. Mm. Um, we've had about four players at a time up at the pitch in all four corners, if you see what I mean. So you're, so you're never near anyone, but you're just sort of racing against the person in front of you all the time. So, yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. Right, and you've been doing it yourself? I have been, yeah, yeah. I'm not the quickest, but yeah, I've been joining in and keeping everyone motivated, and yeah, we're all enjoying it. It's good. It's something to do while there's nothing else happening. Right, good. Okay, yeah. and um, pitch-wise or ground-wise, what's the uh, latest at Secure for us uh, on that front? Um, pitch was cut yesterday, so it's all nice and looking like a carpet still. <laughs> uh, ordered the goals, Rafa will be pleased to know, so they'll be arriving hopefully over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, well, oh, we've ordered some feather edge board to do the finish the tea hut. So yeah, it's all coming on, all good. Right, so lots of activity. And uh, when you say ordered the goals, do you mean nets or? Yeah, it's the backstays um, to go along the bottom, like the hinged pieces and the new shaped net to ac- to accommodate the box. Right. So where do so, you get that sort of thing from then? Um, well, we had a grant a couple of years ago for the actual goals from Mark Harrod Goals. Um, so we sort of stuck with them because obviously all their bits, all their accessories fit in their goals. So we thought if we stick to the, the right bits and pieces, it should all go together nicely then. All right. Good stuff. So, yeah. Right. Now, I think I'd better leave you to do your warm down, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> I'm just sat down aching at the minute. So ah. I'll be here for a minute. <laughs> right. Well, thanks very much, John. Um, no problem. Don't, you know, take it easy. Don't go, you know, too much at this stage of the season. You've got quite a few weeks to go yet. Yeah, I reckon we have, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't got any training to do, so it doesn't matter to me, but uh, might do for you guys. Well, you can get yourself Strava, Dave, and get some walking done. That's true. That's true. I'll just stick okay. to the golf and the walking. <laughs> right. Thanks, John. That's great. Right, thank you, Dave. Cheers. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Thanks to John there for bringing us up to date with things in the east um, of the county. And he's getting getting a shift on with his goals, isn't he, and his nets? Yeah, that's brilliant, mate. Great, great to hear John's box nets from the way, Dave. I was excited, mate, when, when, he, when I heard that bit. I'll pop up the ceiling as soon as I can, mate, when the fixtures start again, mate. 
and you know another another club mate sorted on my box net mission mate. <laughs> on. I see John Spriggs got the own dugouts as well, mate. Any this week? Yes. With he got dogs abuse for it, though, mate, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Bless, mate. And it's a dog, didn't he, in the dugout, mate, yeah. and especially... Yeah, but and a good initiative, mate, with the fitness sessions online, mate, and, mm. and John's out there doing them as well, mate. Good on him for that, mate. I still think he does put his boots on, doesn't he, now and again, I think he said, mate, doesn't he? So, mm. you know, keep him fit. So, well done to John for that, mate. But, yeah, excited about these box nets, mate. I've only been simply here once, day when I, I played there in the Senior Cup for Aaron Mile, mate. Mm. And that I think that was 2003, I think, mate. Oh, but a tough old game it was, 2-0. Remember scoring early on, mate, and then someone battered me, mate, and I had a, I had a well, by the time I got in at half time, mate, me, I had a balloon on the end of my leg, mate. So I took my boot off, actually, mate. I can't remember who's physio at the time, and I couldn't get it back off. Oh, jeez, well, should never do that. Yeah. Should never do that. I know, I know, mate, learned a lesson there, but yeah, so I had to cut the, yeah, I was gutted, mate, I had to watch the second half. I think Nigel Braven scored the other one, mate. One two now. But yeah, that's my only visit, mate, to St Clair. So I'll have to go up and see John's box next, mate, when we're all back up and running, mate. Whenever that'll be. You never know. He might he might invite you up to officially open them or declare them open. <laughs> Yeah, take me scissors, that mate. Well, don't no, don't cut the net. <laughs> no, no, that's too mate. I hope I don't do what I did Lux Park, mate, that evening. Destroy them. Yeah, that's right. Destroy. <laughs> we'll keep that a secret amongst us, but uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks. For that. Your face is a picture, mate. Isn't it? Considering the game was going on at the at the time, and you're. <laughs> You're dismantling the goalpost. But, uh, right. Anyway, the moment yeah. has come. The moment has arrived where I yeah. say to you, superiorly, yeah. Rapper, have you heard anything? And you say, no, not yet, mate. Nothing's yeah. going on. So, any change? Yeah, a couple of little things, Dave. What? A couple. <laughs> yeah, some great news, actually, Dave. Some great news, mate. Um, well... <laughs> what I wrote here, mate. At last, Deeks, I've got some some Perrin League news. <laughs> uh, well, basically, mate, in these uncertain times, it, it's very good news. As the league has a new sponsor, Dave, whenever its uh, second season begins in anger. Right. Um, well, it, it's not so much a new sponsor as as the league didn't have an actual sponsor last season, mate. Did they? They went into the league season without a. A sort of sponsor, but but uh, well, I mean, it was wiped out by the FA, kindly wiped out by the FA, mate, as oh, well. Oh, but um, go there. <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> sorry, mate. I won't start that again. But but uh, Kurno Stendhal, well, they're based not too far from you, actually, mate, in Pool, mm. down in the West, there, Deeks. Yeah. Um, well, they kindly sponsored last season's League Cup, if you remember, mate, which. Obviously, unfortunately, you know, never got completed. It got to the semi-final stage, mate. But obviously, you know, when it went, it was sort of expunged, mate, or null and voided, mate. But um, but Kurno uh, Stone, mate, they've stepped up to sponsor the league now instead, mate. Mm-hmm. For well, I say next season, this season, you know, we we don't know what. Yeah. 
Nah, yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. So, yeah, whenever next season starts, mate, they've uh, they've kindly stepped up, mate, and hopefully it'll be a long and prosperous agreement, mate, for for both parties, mate. Um, and obviously with that, like, there's now an opportunity for someone to sponsor next season's League Cup competition, which features, you know, all the teams from the East and West in a in an open draw, mate. And you know, once again, you know, no doubt it'll throw up some cracking fixtures, mate, that that will. So, you know, anyone interested can contact, you know, League Secretary Steve Carpenter, mate, you know, on the on the well, go through the forum, mate, as we mentioned the forum earlier, mate, it's on the St. Perrin thread, mate. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can PM Steve on there or you know, I'm sure he'll give you his phone number or whatever, mate, if anyone's interested in sponsoring the League Cup, mate. So uh yeah. So um, well done to that, mate. You know, well done to Curnestine for for that, mate. And um, another little thing, mate, Formouth Town Reserves, mate, have got a new management team. They've, um, you know, the old management team, uh, well, you know, um, sort of uh, stepped down, mate, a few weeks ago, mate, uh, Nicky Chairman chat, mate, and after a sort of successful couple few years, mate, and and um, Penryn's manager from last season, mate, because Popey, mate, you know, obviously Penryn's first team manager has... Uh, but appointed his his old mate and uh, Glenn Patterson, mate, you know, to to run the reserves at Penryn now next season. Glenn's a, you know, well-liked and well-known figure, mate, in sort of uh, West Cornwall football circles, mate, so I'm sure he'll get a good side together for the reserves, mate. And um, But uh, Terry Jarvis, mate, you know, Jarvo, he's gone across the road, mate. He's made a little trip up the hill from Penryn to Bickland Park, mate, and, and he'll be doing it with member Lee Mitchell, mate. Remember Mitch? I do, I do. And yeah. I can tell you something about Lee Mitchell. Yeah, go cool, on, mate. We've got him on the show next week. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> nice one, mate. I haven't spoke to Lee for ages, mate. I used to work with him, Dave. I used to work with him. Right. But, um, yeah, top bloke, mate. Top bloke. And, um, yeah, great guy. So it'd be good to hear from Lee, mate. I might give him a text, mate. I might give him a text. A referee um, turned manager. Exactly, mate. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was just going to say, you took the words out of my mouth, David. This is you, right? Yeah, a, a goalkeeper, mate, to centre half, back to a goalkeeper, a coach, a referee. Actually, mate, I've got a feeling. Did Lee, didn't Lee do senior cup final, mate, in the middle? Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. He did, didn't he? He was an excellent ref, mate, wasn't he? He, he? he did really, you know, when he when he finished playing, he went into refereeing. Something more players should do, I think, Dave, but. I mean, he, yeah, and he got promotion after promotion, mate. And I remember, remember, yeah, Mitch doing a the league, yeah, the senior cup final, mate, Easter Monday. So I think he did. Yeah, excellent. Did he do the Sinolstall versus Bobman at Waybridge? I'm thinking that, mate. Yeah, the one that finished on penalties. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking that. Right. So, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right, mate. I think you're spot on. That's hmm. right. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean he's a character, mate. Should have plenty to talk about, mate. I think me, mate. But uh, be a good interview that one. And now a manager, mate. So, so yeah. So he's, uh, he's he's well, he's gone full circle, mate. Any in football terms, mm. mate. That's right. So yeah, nice one, mate. An interesting. Not too many managers have probably done both Penryn and Falmouth, have they? You know, like Jarvo is going to be. Mate. No, that's true, mate. I can't, can't think of too many. If any, mate. Alan really. Rundle? Did he do both? I was going to say, Alan, mate, yeah. The only two I can sort of think of had sort of big links from both clubs were, were like Alan Rundle and Neil Phillips, mate. Oh, yeah. Possibly. Neil, yeah. 
Managers, no, that's right. So. No, no, mm. no. Okay. Yeah, oh, nice one, mate. Look forward to these. They're both nice one, mate. Right. Now, I've also got some St. Perrin League material because I thought, well, Rapper's yeah. not going to come up with anything. So <laughs> what on earth are we going to do about this St. Perrin League? We can't ignore it. So yeah. we've, we've got Steve Short, who's now the, well, he's about to be the manager of Polparo in the St. Perrin League East. Well, welcome, Steve. Now, We've spoken before on the podcast, but that, at that stage you were manager of Popero's Dutchy League side. You're now stepping up. You're taking on the big job. Yeah, the daunting task <laughs> of taking over from, from Matt. Uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, I've been at the club for this job. Well, would have been the finish of the full season this season um, as a reserve manager. Me and my assistant, Phil Wright, who is my right-hand man, as they say. Um, and yeah, now we uh, we feel as much as ev- uh, everyone else at the club does, Matt included, that it's time that uh, hopefully we can uh, carry on the good work that he's done with the first team. Yeah, you still had a lot of games left in the Dutchy League, didn't you? Yeah, it didn't. It didn't really feel like we had a season. To be <laughs> yeah, it felt more like a, a bit of a pre-season here and there. We just, yeah, we we. Played a few cup games more than um, more than most, and did a, did okay again in the cups as we have done in previous years. Um, we was in the quarter final of of the league cup, and we got to the quarter final of the uh, junior cup again as well. So that kept us going a little bit. I think I'm pretty sure we only played eight league games. I think so. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a very busy season. Few few weeks off here and there. Yeah. And I see that um, there's um, strong suggestions that Dutchy League's going to be in, put into three divisions for the whenever the next season is. Uh, do you go along with that idea? Do you think it's a good, a good one or not? Yeah, I do. I mean, last season, unfortunately, you know, things can't be helped, but we ended up with, I think, 10 teams in our league in, in the end. Um, people, uh, a couple of sides dropped out pre-season. Um, and then another side dropped out, um, sort of after a few games. And you, I think the smaller the leagues, obviously, you look at it starting off and think, you know, how many compared to the other other guys, other leagues have got, and sort of how many weeks you're going to have off. And I think if you could just put the leagues together and, and make them bigger and stronger, then it would just keep more people more interested because you, you lose people. You, you haven't got a game for a month, you know, um, and people start to lose interest and get games elsewhere and then you start losing players. And I know for sure that, you know, that happened to us and people wanted to go and play, you know, for teams that are games week in, week out and they'd rather be, they just want to play football at the end of the day and you can't, you, there's nothing you can do to, mm. to keep them there. There's only so much training and stuff you can do. And I know, you know, from our point of view that we, felt that it, it did us some harm losing players in, in, in because of it so yeah I think it's definitely the right decision to sort of make the leagues lesser and, and then bigger yeah okay now that doesn't matter to you because you're stepping up into the St Piran League aren't you next season now how did that all come about did, did, did the club ask you or did you you know approach the club or because obviously um well, I don't know. Would you have got sort of early warning that Matt was stepping down? Yeah, I mean, we're very sort of 
close uh, club between you know ourselves, sort of me, me and Phil, my assistant uh, Matt, and Dave Gilbert from the first team. We we pretty much talk every day um, in a group chat, and we, as Matt, I think said himself, he's threatened it many a times <laughs> and said it many a times, and he's never gone through with it or not been allowed to. Um, I think. It was probably just about, it was just the right time. I think, you know, he's very busy. He, he, I know last season he, he sort of rang me a few times and said, could you help me out and go and do a game down sticker on a Wednesday night or what, you know, here, there and everywhere. Cause he's, he'd be in Wales or Scotland and, mm. you know, he, he's, he's very busy with work and he's done it for a long, long time. And I think he just sort of probably felt it was the right time, you know, when, well, I'd like to think that it trusts me and Phil to sort of take it over. And um, we wanted to step up ourselves, to be honest. Um, we've done four, you know, this is our fourth season at Paul Perro. Um, I've done two seasons managing before at, in Dutchy for Plint. Um, and I've sort of, you know, done six sort of seasons now in Dutchy level. And I just feel probably done my apprenticeship and uh, wanted to go a bit higher and sort of test myself and see what we could do. So I think all round it was sort of a mutual decision um, and yeah Matt sort of just asked me and I was happy to do it and me and Phil had a few discussions and ummed and ahed and made sure that we was doing it for the right reasons and wanted to do it and yeah so and I think now that it's here it's, it's, it's actually happened it's a bit more daunting I think after hearing all Matt's all the stuff Matt's done over the years for so long <laughs> yeah it's got it's got to be a really tough act to follow isn't it yeah um, yeah Matt's I mean Matt is he's brilliant and he's been a, such a massive help to me and Phil uh, since we came to the club and nothing's ever you know a problem to, to help us out and do this and or whatever and he's been at the club for so long and been such a massive part of the reason it is where it is now um and he, you know he'll be the first to admit there's been ups and there's been downs and there's been some tight times and not being able to get sides out you know that happens to everybody um but then you know the, the league cups and league and cup doubles and taking the team from Dutchy all the way up to where they are now is you know it's all purely down to him and he's working. I know, I mean I know myself for how much work it is to manage a side and it, it, it it's not just a Saturday it's it's during the week it's you know Friday nights trying to get people in and just working hard and you're up at the pitch in the morning and yeah I think you know. Like I say, he's done his time. I think he probably feels he wants to rest and he deserves it because, yeah, like I say, the club is where it is. Mm. The massive part of that is through Matt. Yeah, I didn't realise he was also um, treasurer and secretary as, as well as being manager. And he, he comes across as being a very modest chap about it all. He, he is. Um, he, 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 he's a secretary and I know that because he chases me most weeks for about three days for my team sheets where I forget. Um, but it's just purely where, like I say, you do so much during the week. It gets to Sunday, and you know that's that's my family day with the kids and the missus, and and I I'll, I'll be out somewhere and he'll message me, and I'll say yeah yeah, and then come Monday I still haven't sent it. So yeah, he's, he's the manager, he's the secretary, the treasurer, and he's yeah, he just. But thankfully, we you know we're not going to lose that from him, and he's still going to be here, and yeah. and we we knew that we knew we you know he would stay on and be a big part of the club and. 
try and push us forward into the next bit, you know, where we want to go. So this is great. So the big question is, what are you going to do to improve on what you've taken over? Are you going to change much? Well, uh, no, um, to be honest, I don't, you know, me and Phil have had a lot of discussions for a, a few months now because we knew this was happening um, and still do now. We, we've got a lot of uh, good quality in the team. That, that, that's the big plus for us, you know. Sometimes managers leave teams and they leave the reasons being that they've, you know, they're struggling and the team's struggling and they just want to, they think someone else should do it. You know, thankfully for us, we're, Taken over, a, you know, a top well, a top three time their side really. They finished third in the league, albeit you know, prematurely. Yeah. Um, but we're taking over uh, a, a top side. You know, we're not taking over a bottom side or a mid mid table side that's struggling. There's a good squad there. Um, in our opinion, we just need one or two more to sort of make the squad a bit stronger, um, which we're already sort of working on and hopefully have sorted um, and yeah we just we just want to carry on the good work that he's done and the players have done and we have got a tight sort of group in there a lot of people that are all good friends and you know I've that's the first thing I've sort of came in and said to them is look I don't I could I could come in and could say there's five or six new players here and goodbye to a couple of years but I, I don't want to do that I don't think that's the right thing to do I think to keep the tight group of friends together that all enjoy playing football on a Saturday and enjoy each other's company is the right way to do it and just to add one or two others into it mm. um, and hopefully see how it goes and hopefully it'll work <laughs> Now when I interviewed Matt a couple of weeks ago he mentioned Dave Gilbert and uh, he suggested that Dave actually was Mr Paul Perrow and not Matt himself um, so, so you know, what's so special about Dave and how are you going to involve him? I don't want to say to be too nice to Dave, um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that, yeah, Dave's fantastic. I mean, for a, the player that he is, he's been at the club for so long, and like Matt says, he does just as much as anybody around the club. Um, he pretty much lives up at the club um, and like doing work and stuff like that, especially at the moment in lockdown. Um, I think if we could get a bed in the clubhouse for him. He's pretty, pretty comfortable and stay there. Um, but no, he, he, he does everything, uh, pitch, nets, you know, you name it, he does it. And yeah, he's been such a massive part of the club and been the captain for so long. Um, and he's, he's, I said to him the other day, I said, you're mad. Like he's, he's out nearly every day running and sprinting and hill sprints and just keeping himself fit. And just, he just, he loves it. He loves football, loves the club. And just he lives for it, you know. Um, and he's, you know, he's going to come in, as we say, and be a part of sort of our management, and obviously be a player, uh, have a player role, and still be the captain as we want him to be. Whether well, whether we still pick him, I don't know. We have to see. But um, no, he's going to be, he's going to be uh, part of the management, and we think that's a, you know, a much good thing. Um, he's very switched on and knows knows his football, and um, me and Phil could do with you know that bit of help and that bit of insight because obviously he's been in with the first team and he's, he's, he knows all them lot as well so it's a it's a good thing that he can um can help us and sort of guide us through a few things um and it's the same yeah the same with phil you know like i say about phil he's, he's my right hand man and we've done this all together and you know he's works just as hard as anyone as well so i think the three of us together 
um, can make a good team and hopefully bring the side on as we want to do. Right. Okay. Of course, the, the big question is, um, and none of us know the answer to this yet, is when when is next season going to be, isn't it? Um, how do you sort of see <clears throat> panning out, do you think? <sighs> that is the big question that um, everybody's talking about. Um, I, I, really, I just don't know. I mean, we talk about it all the time and obviously... What, what's I the players? Just, what, what are the players sort of? Uh, are they raising any questions and any doubts about you know um, getting together um, too quickly? I think our group, to be honest, are sort of seeing this as uh, a bit of an early off season, um, and I think obviously you know they all want to be safe and well for themselves and their families and everyone else. Um, they're just sort of. I think they're just yeah. I, I, I think it's a bit of the unknown. Obviously, no one knows. No one knows. It could be, you know, next week. It could, you know, you don't know when, what's going to happen um, with finding a vaccine or whether that's going to be found. And so it's, it's very unknown. And I think our our squad is very much sort of hoping that it will start when we usually do and just sort of seeing it as the fact they've had a little bit more of a off-season. Um, but to be, to be fair to our lot, they, you know, a lot. I know a lot of other sides have been doing it, and, and they've been out running and keeping themselves fit and working on some stuff that we've been giving them. So, yeah, I just think they're hoping that it's going to come back as normal, um, and you know, which we all are. But unfortunately, like we say, we just we just don't know whether that is going to be the case or not. And it is difficult. Me, <clears throat> Phil, and Dave Gilbert, the first team captain, who's going to be a part of our sort of management. He. Um, it is, you know, we speak every day as well, and we just don't know. We, we, we're a bit worried that it won't come back this year at all. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully it does, and everyone can keep safe and well. We can get back to what we enjoy doing. Your Cornish Thanks to Steve for talking to us, and uh, well, it's going to be a hard act to follow, Rappo, isn't it? Taking over from Matt Pengelly. Yeah, yeah, it will, yeah, it will be, Dave. I mean, Matt's a club legend, anyway. Of Paul Parrow, you know, it's it's going to be a tough, tough. They are tough shoes to fill, mate. But you know, it sounds like Steve. I mean, we had him on the show, didn't we, mate? Before when uh, Paul Parrow reserves were having that brilliant run in the Junior Cup, didn't we? And mm-hmm. I thought Steve spoke really well then, mate. And you know, he seems to know his stuff, mate. And and like he said, but you know, after six seasons in the Dutch League. You, I mean, this is his time, isn't it, to, to step up, mate. So, so good luck to Steve, mate, and his assistant, Phil. And, you know, it's a great chance to do well as well, I think, mate, you know, with Paul Parrow's impressive squad, mate, you know, you know, making the challenge again, no doubt, mate. You know, obviously, you know, Wilson will still be the force. That, you know, obviously, Mark stepped up to the first team there, mate, isn't he? So, yeah. you know, Wilson will still reserves be as good as they were under Sparky, you know. That'll be uh, a tough act to follow as well, and and well, the top three. I mean, St Morgan, mate, they're, they're a club. They did fantastic last season, mate, didn't they? So, you know, good competition in the top of that East League, mate. So no no reason why Paul Parrow and, and Steve can have, can have a crack at it, mate, in his first season at that level. I don't yeah, think. That's right. Should be interesting, shouldn't it? So. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now. Of course, you can subscribe to the Cornish Soccer Podcast. Just uh, go on to your favourite podcast platform and search for Cornish Soccer Talking Football. That way uh, you can ensure you get your episode ready to download and listen to 
each week and you don't miss any. And also, you don't miss Phil Hiscox recalling the South West Peninsula League uh, scene since its formation back in 2007. This time around, it's season 2013-14 and a new Premier Division champion. Well, Phil, we're cracking on now. We're, we're, we're almost on the final stretch of this looking back at the South West Peninsula League uh, since its formation. Season 2013-14, we're talking about this time around. Have you done your homework? I've done my homework. I've done my homework. All, all ready to go. Right. So, what, what happened during the summer? Anyone interested come in or go out or what? Um... And wasn't the question of people coming in. In fact, both divisions, both Division 1s, only ran with 16 that season. Um, but the, the Premier Division, uh, you had... Um, you had... No, you said you'd done your homework. I said I'd done my homework. I'm just trying to work out who'd come up. <laughs> um, because ah, that was the season Elmore had joined. That's right. That's the season Elmore had joined. They had... Um, taken a sideways move from the Western League. Ah, right. Okay. Yes. So that's a, yeah. a, a, a brand new addition to the Peninsula League in yes. that sense. Right. Yes. Okay. And it was obviously a season for ease because Exmouth uh, had gone up, hadn't they, during the summer to the Premier? Yeah. In fact, the Premier Division was, was a season where, I'm still upset, that was at Mr. Rappo, no doubt, but um, three of the four top, three of the top four were Devon clubs and four of the top six were Devon clubs. Ooh. And um, the dominance of Bodmin Town is over, isn't it? It certainly is. They're, I think their worst season ever. They finished seventh. Um, but really, I suppose that the, the story of the season was Plymouth Partway. They had been sort of bridesmaids to Bodmin and Buckland in the early years of the league. This is the season where instead of sort of being second or third, they actually were winning proper silverware, won their first title, and cleaned up in all the cups as well. Right. Okay. Let's start at the beginning then, and, and the usual pre-season charity games. Um, but actually, I said Bob would have finished the dominance, but they started the season with a win, didn't they? Yeah, which is unusual, because we, we've talked over the last few weeks that, uh, generally speaking, Bob Min managed to lose the charity day. Perhaps it was a bad sign, you see, that they won the charity day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that's, that, that was the only silver where they got. They beat Parkway on penalties, yeah. and Godolphin beat Exmouth. Right. Uh, so uh, again, I suppose that those two teams had come up to the Premier, hadn't they? Godolphin and Exmouth. They yeah. both won Division One East yeah. and West the, the season before. Okay, yeah. so Premier Division. We got a new name on the champions uh, list. Partway. Um, in fact, Partway. If you look at their record in the Peninsula League, eleven seasons, they've actually been very consistent. They were never lower than seventh. So uh, I guess at one stage, and with it being Plymouth, the, the population and all that sort of thing, they, you know, they should have won it at some stage, shouldn't they? Yes. Yeah. Like I said earlier, the, the, the first couple of seasons, I suppose they were just caught by. First of all, Bodmin were winning everything, and, and then Buckland became the first sort of um, rivals to, to Bodmin. Uh, but with Buckland gone, uh, partway, you know, steadily improving, it, it was now their time to shine. In fact, you know, the, the three years when it, we're going to talk about now, this season and the next two, Partway uh, are regular honour takers. Because, of course, interestingly enough, Partway, although they won the league that season, did not take promotion that season. Yeah, and I was going to say to you, I seem to have got it in the back of my mind that up to quite late on, they were going, or they were very interested about taking promotion, weren't they? Then yeah, they, they pulled out. 
in those days, it was about applying, and they had it applied, and, and I think, you know, right up to sort of March, April time, we were expecting them to go, um, and then they had a sort of bit of a change of heart and, uh, and withdrew their application. And obviously that upset you, or disappointed you? Um, it, it, it swings and roundabouts. So on, on the one hand, you, you perhaps don't, as a league secretary, you don't want to lose your best clubs, but on the other hand, uh, it, it invalidates the competition to a degree if teams that are capable of going up don't take promotion. So it, it's a sort of swings and roundabouts thing. Okay. And, of course, partway, uh, as we said, champions, Saltash were third, which is one of the reasons why there was a good attendance for their meeting Yes, uh, the the last midweek of the season, uh, it might have been the last league games of the season because it was a wet winter, Partway hosted Saltash. Uh, and at that point, um, Partway needed a, to avoid defeat to secure the title. Uh, Saltash needed to win to pip Partway for the title. Um, as it was, I think Partway won, I'm, I'm going to say 3-0. In fact, it was 3-0, yep, um, at Beliso Park. And because it was a sort of local derby under lights with a, a sort of title decider on it, uh, a highest Premier Division crowd of 682 were present that night. Okay, and that remains a record, doesn't it? For the it does for the Premier Division, yes. Yeah, yeah. we've had the higher one in, in Division West for Newquay Godolphin, but yeah. that for uh, yeah. Okay, so an exciting finish, and I haven't looked back, but Parkway lost six games uh, in their run to the title. I bet that's probably the most defeats a champion has suffered. I, I reckon. I, I think it probably is. I mean, you, yeah. Pretty well. I mean, Witheridge finished six that season, and they lost eleven times. So it was one of those seasons where clearly people were taking points off each other. Right. And down the bottom, well, one side that didn't take too many points, uh, Liscard finished bottom. Poor old yes. Liscard. Yeah, poor old Liscard finished bottom and were relegated. And because uh, the other interesting one is Tavistock mm. finished nineteenth, and they were relegated as well. Um, and I, I know speaking to Tavistock in the years since. Um, they put down that season and that decision to relegate them as the catalyst for their improvement. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they, they were sort of had a sort of right that they were in Premier and they were ticking along each season and all the rest of it. And then suddenly there was this huge culture shock that actually, you know, we'd only got two wins all season. We're relegated and we're playing it step seven at Plimstock and places like that. Um, and it, it was probably the, the bolt that that club needed. Um, because as we'll talk about in the next couple of years, they, they bounce back. But that was the, the lowest ebb, and they were seven points adrift yeah. and had to go down. That's right. And uh, uh, we, we've mentioned it quite a few times, actually, that it's surprising how teams have had a bad spell, and then they do. There is, what is it they call it? Bounce back ability or whatever it is? Yeah, something like that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And as I think that certainly applies for Tavistock. You know, they... From from 2014, here we are six years later, and it's, it's been pretty well unparalleled um, success for those six years since. Yeah. Um, but but you know, they they couldn't argue the point at the time. They played 38 games and only won two of them. Okay, well moving on to Division One East. Now this was the division where the champions were the most decisive, weren't they? Stoke Gabriel ten points clear of runners up Tynmouth. Yes, and Stoke Gabriel. That was the first time they'd won the title. They took promotion. Um, they, they'd been runners-up a few times, uh, and in, in the next couple of years, again, they were seeing it sort of yo-yo back. But this was their, their first title, uh, 10 points clear of Tynmouth. Um, good season for them. Now, what about Liverton? Now, 
They were comfortably <laughs> mid-table the previous season in the Premier Division. This yes. season, they finished next to bottom in Division 1 East. And along the way, they've suffered some heavy defeats. They certainly did. I mean, let's, let's get the, the heavy defeats out of the way. They, they um, <laughs> lost 10-1 at home to Exwick, which is their highest home defeat. But, of course, the one that really stands out, um, they had a fairly miserable afternoon away at Champion Stoke Gabriel with a league record. And I, I hope it will never get beaten because, <laughs> to be honest, it will be painful if it does. Uh, and the only credit you can give Liverton is that they stayed on the pitch to the end. Stoke Gabriel 23, Liverton nil. Now, what did you um, think when you saw that result come through on your phone? Uh, <laughs> I, I must be, I, I always get sad. I hate double figure defeats for anybody because it's it, 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 you know my heart goes out to the club that lost and, and you start worrying about you know how they're gonna as we talked about their bounce back ability from it um but when you go past 10 and then you go past 20 <laughs> um the funny thing is stoke gabriel scored 100 goals that season so nearly a quarter of their goals <laughs> was caught in one afternoon <laughs> yeah, yeah i thought about that yeah um <laughs> And to be fair, Liverpool, say, although they were there, that, that, it's only one of two defeats in double figures. So it's, it's rather odd. But, but um, what happened at the club, though? I mean, they must have had a... Right. a, a real... I, I think what, what had happened is that they pulled out of the Premier Division and asked to be relegated to Division 1 East the previous season. Um, they found the travelling too far, and, and they, they clearly weren't going to do the groundwork, the floodlights and things that was going to be required. Right. Uh, so they took the option of being relegated. Um, the manager at the time had left just as, as towards the end of the previous season in the Premier, and, and that was Tony Bowker, the father of the, the three Bowker brothers that currently play in the league, Stuart, Steve and Robbie. Right. Um, so that the team had had sort of broken apart and broken away rather and, and left. Uh, they started the season with a, a sort of untried local manager who, who frankly was well so far out of his depth it was painful. Mm. Uh, I can't recall his name and, and perhaps it's probably better that I don't. <laughs> um, and to be fair to them, they they didn't struggle all season. They they um had those defeats early on uh, and rather than, than jack it all in, they got somebody else in and they, they sort of turned it around a bit. But they didn't finish bottom. They yeah. finished with 25 points. They won seven out of 30 games. Um, but yes, it was uh, at the start of the season very worrying. Right. OK. As you said, it was at the start of the season. Both those heavy defeats were in August and September. So they yeah. obviously turned it around quite well yeah. really yeah. So. okay division one western uh what do we know about this one that was a wet year i mean to be fair every year is wet at callington <laughs> <laughs> they, won't, they won't thank me for saying that but um i did look back i can remember callington came from a long way behind they were sort of top six with games in hand for most of the season uh, and then obviously towards the end of the season they had to play catch up on their games and if they were to win the majority of the games they would go on to win the league uh, and I, I did do my homework there they uh, played 15 games in eight weeks uh, sort, of, sort of from middle of March to middle of May uh, as they caught up and they won the vast majority of them uh, which meant that they, they picked Mousel for the title by seven points mm. um, uh, and Mosel, we, we've talked about them in recent seasons, been um, well struggling at the bottom end of the table. They've obviously had a, a turnaround, haven't they? Finished runners up. They had a good run in the Throgmorton Cup as well. Yes, yes. I'm just looking that they 
they really did have some some run of of not just games because of the weather, but because of of the um, you know needing to win. Mm. Uh, they one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Of, of those 15 games, they won 14 and drew one. Right. So, Cal so they, they, a they, real good running. Real good running. <laughs> Only dog balls away, which was a nil-nil draw. Um, you know, other than that, they would have had 15 straight wins to finish the season. Um, uh, and another champion that didn't score a lot of goals, really, on the way. 87 goals in 30 games. That's not Yeah, uh, not, not great, it? is it? Uh, and I'm looking, at the, that was the time, Ryan Lucassi, I think, was their leading goal scorer. But you're right, they didn't really sort of thrash anybody, but they, they did work very consistent towards the end of the season. Mm, OK. And two teams in that division that uh, didn't draw a game all season, I, I just noticed. Mosel and Holsworthy. Uh, uh, yeah, they're very unusual to, to go a season without a single draw, but yeah. uh, they, they managed it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, um, we mentioned goal scoring there with Ryan Lucassi, but he wasn't the top goal scorer in, uh, in the division, was he? Um, it was our friend Goldie from Helston again. Ah, uh, Mr. Goldsworthy from Helston again, although a fairly poor season for him. He only scored 38 that season. I would say <laughs> that's very mediocre for him, to be honest. Well, I think so. it was 51 the season before, yes. <laughs> so 38 is, is fairly modest. But yeah. yes, he won the Golden Boot again. And uh, familiar names for the other two divisions, though. Yes, yes. Uh, Premier Division, Levi Landricum, we, we talked about him being at Elberton last week, didn't we? And now he's, he's transferred to Parkway um, and he's romped to, to the Golden Boot with 47 goals, nine clear of Andrew Rocky Neal. Okay. Uh, and then you've got Sam Davey and Adam Carter in third and fourth. So, yes, and traditional sort of big hitters all scoring goals that season yeah. uh, I suppose that, uh, a name that sticks out further down there is uh, with Exmouth being in the Premier Division Ace High appears in the leading goal scorers list yes I always uh, yeah interesting name that isn't it I, I believe it, it were, it's not his, the name he was born with but it is his legal name he changed his name by Depot I believe right okay so right. yes and the Golden Boot winner in Division 1 East Dan Rankin who who, who was he Dan, playing for? He was playing for Gampton, scored 31. Again, we see this almost every week, don't we? That the Division 1 East goal scorers getting about 30 is, is probably enough to win it in that division. Yeah. They, they always seem to be sort of less goals in Division 1 East. Yeah. League Cup, uh, partway, quite often the double is done, isn't it? Uh, in, in those early years, it was... Yeah. yeah, in those early years, or I suppose even up to this point, yes, yeah, it was quite quite common. They... Um, Partway beat St. Austell 2-0 at uh, Devon FA, and that was played on a Sunday, which again proves that it was a sort of wet winter. Um, I think the cup final would have been pushed back from the bank holiday weekend, which would have been the weekend before, because everybody was still playing catch-up. Was this um, the first season of it being wetter than normal? I think it was, it was... We've had three really wet seasons, and this was the first really wet one. There's the... In a couple of years' time, we'll get to the one where yeah. where nobody will ever forget. Uh, and of course, this year we were on course to be similar, but with um, Corona and all the rest of it, we'll never quite. Well, we never had the, we had the we had the pain, but we never had the gain at the end of no. seeing all the football, did we? No, that's right. Okay, mm. so League Cup winners Parkway. Um, yeah, uh, well done there, I guess. To uh, who was it? I saw. Uh, well, Mosel went quite away, didn't they? Semi final yeah. as a Division Look, One side. Yeah, yeah, lost to St. Austell and Godolphin had uh, lost to, to Partway in the other semi-final. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, uh, partway, of course, completed the clean sweep because they beat Tiverton um, in the Devon St. Luke's Bowl final tuna as well. Right. So they had a, a, you know, the League title, the League Cup and the County Cup. Okay, right. And and what about the uh, the FA competitions? How do we fare in, the, in those this season? Yeah, FA Cup, very poor. Very poor, I'm afraid. Uh, yet, uh, we, this was when the FA had started to reduce the entries. I think we were down to four or five, five, I believe, that year. Um, and several of them went out, first of all. Partway beat Salt Ash in the very extraordinary round, which is always a disappointment, isn't it? When you, you have only a handful of entrants and they draw each other. Uh, <laughs> we had Partway beating Salt Ash and St. Blasey beating Tavistock before, really, the a ball had been kicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Austin lost to Ilfracoon. Bodmin did go through uh, to join Partway. Uh, and, and then um, both St. Blasey and Bodmin lost in the preliminary round. Partway did beat Ilfracombe to reach the first round, first qualifying round, but lost at Clevedon. Mm-hmm. So it's so not a great run in the FA Cup. But the FA Bar is a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Bodmin as our longest one there. Partway had actually also reached the third round, as had Salt Ash. Uh, we, we had three in the third round proper. Um, Partway lost to Halland. Salt Ash lost to Arrowsford. Uh, but Bodmin won away at Kidlington, who were Hellenic League, and then lost 3-1 in the fourth round proper away at Brightling Sea Regent. Mm. Where, uh, Where are they going? Um, Essex, I believe. Mm-hmm. And of yeah. course, mm-hmm. uh, presumably Bodmin, was it the previous season they did well in the... Uh, yes, yes, so, so they, they, they'd, only, they'd only joined in the second round. Yeah, and they'd be, yeah. yeah, so they... Uh, they again would have qualified again for the second round by reaching the fourth round this year. Right. Okay. And I even noticed in the program awards that Devon clubs, you know, had a clean sweep because uh, Holsworthy were in Division One West at that time. Uh, Elmore, Exwick, Villa, and Holsworthy won the program awards. So Cornwall clubs had a quiet season, I think, didn't they? I think they did. Yes, it was one of those seasons where you know we, we've talked in previous weeks where we were pretty well. Cornwall has won everything, but this was a, a sort of season for, for Devon and look, the ground awards as well. Tavistock uh, had won the Premier Division, Sidmouth the East, uh, uh, holding up the the West was Sticker. They'd won the ground award in the West Division, and that was a repeat um, of the previous season, wasn't it? Those three teams winning. So I think it was. I think strange. it was. Yeah. Um, respect award though, though Penryn Athletic. They, they'd uh, had the best disciplinary record, so that they did at least win the Fair Play Award. Well, we managed to get a Cornish club win something, so... Yes. And at the bottom of Division 1 West, we uh, say goodbye, I think, to Foxhole, don't we? Yes, yes. I, I, I always enjoyed my trips to Foxhole. They uh some good characters there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, they decided... Uh, I, they were bottom anyway, but I think they, they decided as well to leave. Mm. Uh, it was a bit of a struggle for them. Right. Um, but yeah, I always enjoy the visits to Gotheseth Park, wasn't it? That's the right. Name of the ground. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I think we've pretty much exhausted season 2013-14, don't you? I think so. I think so. We'll look forward to to the next one next week. Yeah. Okay. We'll let you get on and start looking through the record books. Your Cornish podcast. Yeah, season 13, 14, Dave, Phil, Phil's happy, man, mate, and he dominated by Devon clubs, mate, on it? Dominated. Yeah. yeah. Bodmin, seventh, mate, seventh, Bodmin. Hopeless, weren't they? Seventh, I mean, yeah. what is that? 
yeah. I don't think Gilby would have uh, expected that in the summer, right? Would he? To finish there, but no. but. Um, but it's you know, good, pop, good to have a change, though, isn't it? You can't have the same team yeah. winning the league all the time. No. So, uh, so no, exactly. As far as the league goes, it was it was a good um, good thing to happen. And uh, well, partway they must have been boosted by signing Levi Landrukum, mustn't they? He came across from Elberton Villa, and he finished his yeah. top score. Every club needs a goal scorer if they're going to do well, don't they? I, yeah, I agree. Dave. You know, I'm biased, mate. You know, I'm biased. You know, but I think, I, yeah, I do agree. Mate. If you if you've got someone banging in forty plus, like David, it, it doesn't have to take the pressure off the rest of the team, mate. Doesn't it? If you if you've got someone up front scoring forty, fifty goals, mate, it, it does make the job, you know, a little bit easier for the midfield. You know, if, if a couple of midfielders can chip in with you know ten and that, mate, and you know you're not far away, are you, mate? If you've got someone yeah. up there banging them in, like like. Well, like Levi does, mate. I mean, natural goal scorer, mate. Any finisher, and yeah, like like Goldie, and I mean Goldie again, mate. Ryan, you know, we've seen it with Ryan, you know, last few seasons, mate. I mean, if you got someone, you know, players like that, mate. I mean Goldie, you know, again, mate. Here, mate, only what ninety goals in two seasons, mate. Any over the, yeah, over the, yeah, and, and better you know, come but, next season without giving too much away. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's like Portland, mate. You know, they, they started this season, mate, thirteen, fourteen. It's probably the start of their rise and and rise, mate, and yeah, to to good. what they are today, mate. Yeah, yeah. Stoke Gabriel, mate, twenty three nil. Oh, I was, oh, was going to say that to you. Yeah. Have you ever played in a game twenty three nil? Nah, not in senior football, Dave. I, I mean, I I played in a Sunday game, mate. I think eighteen nil. I mean, while I was playing for. Cobus, mate, Hawkins Arms, mate, in the Sunday League against Coldbrows, old boys, mate. We beat them 18 0. That's, that's the game I had 13 in, mate. Mm-hmm. At that 13 in one game. But, um, yeah, yeah, that, I think men's football, I think that's the bit the biggest win, mate. I mean, at that level as well, they 23 0. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> Phil was like staring at his phone, mate. Well, he was, <laughs> much, imagine that, much as like you, Dave, you know, like, you know, in your, in your sort of, um, position now, you know, as, as the Southwestern League, you know, results. I would you know, like to check it out. There's no way I would have believed that. Yeah, no, that's right. No. Nah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be staring at that one, mate, wouldn't you? Five o'clock. Hey, 23 now, <laughs> but it's, it's rugby. It's yeah. rugby. Yeah, but, um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But no, mate. No, yeah, definitely, mate. I mean, like like you say, mate, it's like you just said, mate, every club needs a goal scorer. And, and that season, mate, you had like Levi, didn't you? Um, Rocky. Rocky Neil, mate, you know, just mm. but just beyond Levi. And Adam Carter as well, mate. So some talented goal scorers around, mate, in the in the top list that season, mate, weren't there? Mm. Interesting enough, I mentioned Adam, Adam Carter. I, um, during the week, I was... I was copying some photographs from uh, what season was it? 2007 onto my Facebook uh, Cornwall's Football Memories page and Adam Carter was top scorer of the East Cornwall Premier League's second division as such um, for Tamerside yeah uh, yeah, so yeah. he's another one who's, who scores goals wherever he plays sort of thing so uh, yeah Guaranteed, mate. Any guaranteed goals, mate. So there you go. Yeah. So before our last guest of the week, uh, just a thank you to obviously all the listeners, all the guests we have. Um, you can get in touch with us to the podcast at Soccer Podcast on Twitter. 
Rappo is at MarkRapsy1. I'll save him, you know, saying that. <laughs> he doesn't like saying that very much. Yeah, at MarkRapsy1. You can email me at um, DaveDeacon at CornishSoccer.info. And um, I think, obviously, you know we're on the forum as well. So uh, you can send us a message. You get a message to us in numerous ways. So no excuses, Rappo, to hear from people. No. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Last up this week, it's uh, on the uh, Friday Fix podcast. It's Anthony Reynolds, manager, Penzance, South West Peninsula League side, and someone we've had on the Friday Fix podcast before. Now, the Magpies announced earlier in the week that Renault has decided to continue in the role. So let's hear a little bit from him about it all. So I see you've decided to stay on as manager for another season then? Yeah, it was... Um Obviously, it all came to a kind of a premature closure, Dave, didn't it, really? And um, I think it all took us by surprise and how quickly it all happened and never really had time to gain my thoughts about, about the following season. And so it was it was all ended quite quickly. Um, and it gave us, it gave me to have a little time and, um, and, and with the family to chat a few things. And, um, and yeah, in the end, the conclusion of it all was that I felt, I felt that, you know, deserved to give it another go after, after all they finishing, you know, the lower end of the league that, you know, we, we have been progressing and progressing well. And I thought everybody deserved to give it another, another go for the next season, whenever, whenever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you, uh, you know, how the planning sort of goes and that sort of thing. But uh, before we talk about, well, next season in inverted commas, how would you sum up last season for Penzance? Yeah. Um, I, I, I call it success. People look at me thinking bonkers, but I, <laughs> I, I think I think coming from coming from the West Division and then obviously you know getting kind of promoted through the pyramid system to to the Premier Premier kind of um, league of it. Um, to, to stay in it was I think was was always going to be the aim, Dave. You know, from especially with our turbulent pre-season with our chairman coming, chairman going off, giving a a lot of. Um, false pretenses and we had to pick ourselves up from the gutter within within weeks of starting the season. I think I mentioned in other interviews that, you know, we, we, we really didn't have a side. We really didn't have a side coming into to May, into June and um to pick to pick up the pieces so late, uh, I think we yeah, had probably brave on my part and also the players you know to, to come along and say, Yeah, we'll give it a go and buy into a Bally Bally born product product really in the end of it but um we kind of we kind of put everything together and um a new chairman came in and the jigs all got put together piece by piece and it was a rebuilding process and somehow we, we managed to stay up which was great yeah that was all a bit weird wasn't it at the start of the season you, you had a guy that you know you, you took on as chairman <laughs> obviously not your decision but uh, the club took on as chairman no doubt yeah. promising a, a few little things um, yeah, yeah. Did your players sort of react? To, did you lose any players or, or what? No, it was it was a it was absolutely you know it was a fairy story, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> this, this guy had come from nowhere. No one no one had seen him. Um, you know, we we allegedly done some done some digging with him and you know and tried to find out a little bit about him, but obviously obviously not enough. Um, and uh, and it turned into being absolutely you know it, it, no one even the committee would say it, it turned into an absolute nightmare. Um, and and it was so late in the day. Um, for this rescue pack, rescue package when he came in, you know, it was everything thought it was it was the right thing, but it literally was three days before the start of the season that um, we kind of pulled the plug on him, 
because you know what we was finding out was wasn't good news. So yeah. um, it was it was really that close to the start of the season. So. Yeah, but no, the answer to that question is that, you know, I, I did a lot of ringing around that, that day and um, a lot of the money that was promised was never, ever going to materialise. It was never going to happen. Um, and I've got to say, we didn't lose one player because of that. Um, and he was and he was offering, he was offering, you know, not only the players, but the club a lot of, a lot of stability financially. Um, but he just led, he led everybody up the garden path. And as a grown person, you'd always think you'd never be on that side of it. But um, unfortunately, a lot of us was. Mm. Had a few free pints by the sounds of it, didn't he? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think he got the grass of paying for his drink. No, you're right, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, the season started. He managed to get through it. Um, it was a fairly youngish squad there, wasn't it? It was, and I think, you know, I may have tweeted a couple of times, not too many, but a couple of times that um, the average age was, was 23, 24, which I think it must have been very close to the youngest side, you know, of, of the whole of, of the whole structure um, in the Premier Division. Um, and we kind of bedded in six, five who represented the couch. Another guy was on on standby. So, we, we you know, six guys were, were in around that squad of, of about 17, and then we had a few more... 1920-21s with with a couple of older ones thrown in as well. So um, the balance was probably a little bit lightweighted, as in, you know, we were very very young, could have done with a bit more experience. But it, it was, you know, it was where we were, Dave. With it, you know, we were we we tried we tried to get a competitive squad to stay up, you know, and you know, <laughs> come come June or July, I really didn't think that was going to happen. I did think we were. Um, going to struggle, and it was a shame because actually I think the start of our season we had a couple, um, we had a bit of couples uh, in different results, but then we picked ourselves up, and I think you know October time we were we were about ninth or tenth, you know, it was like, well, you know, are, are we kind of punching above our weight? But you know, things things um, things settled down, and I, I, I think we probably I think we could have just nicked in a couple couple extra places near the end, you know, maybe maybe up to fifteenth, something like that. But um, but yeah, I, I think. To stay in the league was was paramount, and um, we managed to do it. So yeah, we're, we're fair play to the lads. And presumably, as the season went on, you, you saw you know the younger players sort of flourish and, and grow in, in stature a bit. Yeah, and I think being in being in academies, at colleges, and you know having a good under eighteen set up at Helston, um, ha- having a good county under eighteen with Glen, you know they were they were getting every week that they're getting taught well and doing the right things. Um, so they've come back to me and you know full of appetite, willing to listen, no egos. Um, and in the change room, that's not far. You know when you when you get middle twenties, late twenties, there's a lot of egos in the dressing room. Yeah. Managers will tell you. Um, but you know, there was no egos, you know, they just got in and listened and, and willing to learn. And, you know, hopefully we've I've found every single individual at the probably two or three weeks before I made my decision. And they, they made my decision really easy because they, they were all geared up for giving it another go and think they can do it. I think, I think, yes, we will lose one or two as, you, as every team does. And hopefully we've already been in touch with um, three or four players who are looking to join us as well. So, you kind of kind of that healthy movement between between seasons to be honest day which will which will happen again no doubt mm. of course the the problem all you managers are going to have is when does the season actually start when you know presumably you've got to make plans and you're well sounds as if you're already beginning to make plans but it, it must be so difficult you know the situation where it is 
It is. I, I was I was listening to Steve's um, interview uh, regarding what he's doing for his players, you know, and um, his, his fitness structure is well and truly in place, and perhaps other teams should follow that. But um, it's having all the tools and everything to do that. But it, it is. It's just been vigilant. You know, we've had a couple. We've had two Zoom meetings now in the last couple of weeks, really, just to keep everybody together and keep keep everybody updated. I did one on Sunday. And just really kind of keep them involved in, in what we know, which is it's not a great deal. Mm. We're only hearing kind of snippets, uh, you know, from from people that, that's you know bits and bobs that coming from the FA. But you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was I was getting I was getting feelings that you know the form horse was end of September, October, Dave. You know, um, but I know Phil's been looking at even January starts. You know, it's it's the uncertainty, mm. and, and I think he's looking at every kind of situation so he can cover himself when 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 the FA English FA say okay, grassroots can start on this date so he's, he's probably covering every single angle I've no doubt about that um, September end of September October I think would be a lovely start I just I just have my I have my doubts if we will mm. and uh, do you think the players will actually be keen on and yourself as well I mean do you think the clubs are going to be keen on coming back you know too quickly I think it's. I think again, it's down to you know. I'm questioning about the infrastructure that our clubs have. You know, at professional level, we've got so many, uh, so much different kind of people that can do with the kind of the cleaning of the clubs and, and everything that comes with this social distancing now at local clubs you just don't have that firepower to put those resources into place to do it mm. so you know when we have those protocols from the fa and what and we've been given you know substantial guidelines on what we have to follow uh, you know do they, do our clubs have enough people to to actually do this action you know and yeah. are we allowed are we allowed enough people to our gate because i know a lot of us rely on we don't have big grounds, you know. I think um, Penzance were eighty to one hundred most games, but we still rely on those people coming through that gate to to keep the club going. Though, so having no people come through the gate is another is another issue for us as well. You know, we, we need people that. So it's, it, it's it's not an easy thing, and I think we're all scratching our heads, thinking, God, the uncertainty under this is just is <laughs> unbelievable. You know, it's uh, no one's got any answers at the moment, have we? No, that's true, and. I don't, I don't know. Do you talk to other managers, or, or you know, have you bothered yet, or what? What's that? Talk to other managers? Yeah, you know, just to yeah, see you know, what you, they're uh, doing and that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, we've got there's, there's a few of us that we you know we've got a couple of WhatsApps and we keep in we keep in contact, you know. And um, but again, you know, the, the vibes I'm getting from from other managers is that you know they can't feel they don't feel they can put anything in place um, until we get anything through. And at the moment, we're all sitting here waiting waiting probably for the Premier League to start and, and see how that goes. I think that's probably, mm. you know, I'm, I'm looking at that with eyes now because the Bundesliga starting last week. You know, I think today there was testing of the Premier League. Six six got tested, but, you know, I don't think that's going to stop anything at the moment. Um, so that looks like it's going to go ahead. And may, maybe if we get that in the Championship going, that will give us some more guidelines and, and a bit more firepower to start at local at local grassroots football, really. Hmm. Have you? Did you watch any of the Bundesliga over the weekend or not? I did. I had an acker on actually, Dave. Yeah, and it was um, I, my last game was with Odin Bremer v Leverkusen last night, which was I was delighted. Leverkusen won four one, so uh, <laughs> they, that got me uh, that got me a few pounds in. So I was quite uh, happy with that. But <laughs> it, was, it was all a bit weird, wasn't it? I, I watched the the games on Saturday, Saturday, and you know the players obviously you know the way they celebrate the goals and the the end of the match, and then you see the substitutes two metres apart and with masks on. 
it's all a bit surreal, isn't it, really? It is, yeah. That, you know, it's all unprecedented, isn't it? What what we've seen, you know, we've we've got players not wearing whilst, and then we've got substitutes are wearing them. Yeah. And then I noticed, the, I noticed the managers are not wearing them, but cameramen are. So, you know, <laughs> there's there's people helping people up if they've got injured. You know, so the whole social distancing is, is a struggle, isn't it? Because mm. in that ninety minutes, you can see stuff. It is happening. They're not celebrating. Or next minute, someone's helping an opposition player off the ground with their hands. So, you know, I, I don't know how it can go forward. I mean, for me, it probably has to be if, if you know, lives are not being risked here, then maybe the social distancing has to be lightened a bit more going forward, which I'm, I'm sure it will, but mm. obviously when, only when it's safe to do so. Mm. A bit weird. But, I mean, I, th- I think you have, to, as a manager, though, you're going to have to be prepared basically very quick turnaround aren't you you know can you imagine yeah. Phil Sector of the league saying to you right two weeks time we're going again yeah I did you know, I don't know if you read there was a there was a statement from the EPL which I think it read that they, they had to give the, pre, the professional guys a month's uh, grace right. to get fit and do the, and, the, and the, I read it on read it last week and I, I don't know how that would work with with local football I don't know if that would be the same probably not probably not a month but mm. yeah you wouldn't you imagine when we're given the green light we would have to probably have a turnaround of two or three weeks maybe mm. before we start um, but I did read in the article that the Premier League was like kind of a month um, at least a month prior to they played a professional match now you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that will be the same for us or not. But it was an interesting article, so you know, it'd be interesting where that where that goes as well. Mm, right. Well, so many questions. Um, none of us got any answers at the moment. Um, where did you finish last season? You said seventeenth. Seventeenth. So yeah. So room for improvement, but you're fairly conf- or fairly happy that you could pick it up again and, and go from there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think I think our aim would be I think our aim would be try to get as close as we can to, to middle of the table. You know, we we have to improve. If you don't if you don't have these ambitions then there's no point in playing football. <laughs> so, you know, so yes, we want to stay up. We want our status to be in in the top tier of Cornish football. But more importantly, we want to progress from, from, from last year. So hopefully when we get started we can we can be positive and, and work towards that goal. So um we just we just keep our fingers crossed. We we start soon, but obviously the most important thing is we're all safe and uh, it is safe to do so to get back on the pitch. Your Cornish that was one of the big stories, really, mate, wasn't it? Last summer, you know that the new chairman going in at Bentley <laughs> Park, mate, wasn't it? You know, with, with big promises. I mean, obviously, I'm an ex-player, mate, and you know, still got a place in the art, you know, for the club, mate. And and I thought, oh, brilliant, you know, someone going in there, the, the sleeping giant, you know, it's going to be a, a woken, mate, you know, and uh, it turned into a right old shambles, mate, didn't it? Well, that's but, right. Um, right old shambles is the best way of describing it, I think, wasn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lesser man than Renault, mate, would have walked away. I think Dave really, you know, would have been easy, wouldn't it, to yeah, walk true. away after that? You know, all them promises. And but you know, I think he deserves a lot of credit for for sticking with it, mate, and and having to build. You know, what's a really good young side, really, mate. And I'm sure Penzance will be all the better for it next season, mate. You know, whenever that is, mate. You know, I think they'll be, and I think Renault and Penzance, Dave, I, I think they're a good fit, mate. You know, he's a is a top club as, as I know, and and Renault's a top bloke, mate. You know, t- talks a lot of sense and knows the local football scene inside out, mate. You know, so 
you know, I think it's it, good times ahead for Penzance. So even for a Liverpool fan, mate, he, he talks a lot of sense, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> top, top bloke. But, and also, you know, as as you touched on their young squad, if they can stick together, it can only get better, can't it? Yeah, that's it, mate. You know, like Rado mentioned in his interview, Dave, you know, all those players that, you know, sort of oops, took, didn't he, for the county youth, so that's, I think it's like six at one stage, mate, wasn't there? And, mm. I mean, I remember Rene coming on before, mate, and we, we spoke about, you know, they still had to play the game, wasn't it, when he was missing five or six, <laughs> which I thought was like, is it a joke, mate? You know, I like that old rule, mate, you know, the FA had, if you had, was it two or more, Dave, wasn't it? I think mm-hmm. you, you could have your fixture sort of, re, you know, re-sort of uh, re-fixture. But, but, yeah, but you know, Rene's a great lad, mate. He'll be, be, you know, brilliant around the youngsters and everything as well, mate, and, you know, I can ima- I can just imagine he'll, he'll be a great man manager and mate with all those young players. So, you know, old teammate of mine, mate, and you know, top guy, mate, great player. You know, knows his stuff, mate. Knows Cornish football, Dave, doesn't he? So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to see Penzance have a really good uh, season next year, mate. Yeah, and uh, got a lot of competition there now, haven't they? With um, you know, with the way that Mansell have come up through, so yeah. I know that it's not quite direct competition because Mansell get their players from elsewhere as, as well as locally. Yeah. But um, you know, a youngster is going to think twice, isn't he? Uh, do I go to Mansell? Do I go to Penzance? Exactly, Dave. Yeah, any really good youngster, mate, will be sort of you know. You, I suppose you'd think their head will be turned with what's going on. It's weird in a way, though, because you know when you know when I was at Penzance, I mean, Penzance were the big team, weren't they, mate? In Penwith, and mm. and that was it, mate. Wasn't it? They were they were the big side, but you know, and you had your players, you know, sort of at St Just and Pendines, mate. You had they had good sides, at, you know, Renier, obviously Hale, St Ives, and always. It's a pretty good old thriving football area, mate, isn't it really? But look, Penzance were always the biggest, mate, weren't they? And, mm. and like you say, mate, now I suppose Mays will sort of took on that mantle now, mate, and they, and, you know, just don't Penzance can sort of get back to, to where they belong, you know, in the not-too-distant future, mate. Yeah, and not forgetting, of course, uh, in between times, uh, Ludgevin, I mean, you yeah. probably remember Ludgevin at one stage, well, they were, they were, they were quite a disaster, oh. weren't they, in the Combination League? They were getting some yeah. heavy defeats, uh, dropped down into Trelawney, came back up yeah. and then did well, didn't they? And then yeah, into the Peninsula yeah. as well. So, uh, so yeah, they've had a yo-yo, uh, yo-yo experience, mate, and they lads from mate, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the hurlers. That's right. Yeah. Name of the ground? Clock, uh, um, oh, thank you, mate. Lads from um, Fair, Fairfield. Correct. Fairfield, mate. Correct. Yeah. Scored a few down there, but he took advantage of me, day, mate. And when they, like you say, they had a few years down the bottom, yeah, there, mate, didn't they? But mm. there's some good people down there, mate. It was, it was good to see them have that sort of run, mate, wasn't it? When they sort of, you know, got back, come, got back up and yeah. nice little setup down there these days, Dave, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah. changed you know, a bit, didn't it? So uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, well, what time is it? Well, you know why? It's gone so quick because we haven't got Cam going on about Truro City, have we? True, true, mate. That's it. That's it, mate. I knew there was something missing, mate. How can I forget Cam, mate? (laughs) (laughs) No, he deserves a week off, mate. And he is busy time for him, mate, isn't it? With all the uni. 
I know Jack and Eloise, mate, this this week, mate, they've been stressing, and and Ben last week, mate, it, it was a bit different. He's he's at Cardiff, mate. They, mm. I think they had their deadlines last week, but I know Ben and and Eloise, mate, this week have been stressing out, mate, and getting all their final stuff in, mate. So, so I expect it's a busy time for Cam as well, mate, isn't it, with his all his football mm. and his uh, uni work, mate. You know, it's, it's uh, good luck to them all, mate, with their sort of results, mate. It's, it's just an un- unbelievable time in everyone's life, I think, Dave, isn't it, at the minute, you know, yeah. every, this this pandemic, mate, but hopefully we'll get through it all and Cornish football be back bigger than stronger than, than ever, mate, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> and... Uh... Interesting to say there about, you know, your college or university marks and exams or whatever. Let's not forget Mike Parrish in that partway film. Um, yeah. That's for his university uh, um, work, isn't it? So yeah. do you think you'd get, get a good mark for that or not? It's, 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 he's got an A star there, mate, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Flipping it. I hope the uh, person that's marking it makes a football fan. <laughs> It's like, yeah, they're going to love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, but, yeah, well done to Mike, mate. Deserves uh, everything he gets, mate, from that, doesn't he? Yeah. I'm sure it's the start of something big for him, mate. Yeah, let's hope so, anyway. So, mm. uh, and, yeah. You know, and, of course, he's involved with the Devon Football Show, the podcast that covers uh, football in Devon. Yeah. You know, they're not going at the moment, um, as we heard no. from Mike. Um, and, of course, normally we would be thinking about sort of wrapping things up wouldn't we yeah. oh, 22nd of May um, that's true mate. you know we'd be thinking well there might be just the odd one or two championships to be decided but, yeah uh, so perhaps we'll keep it going for a little bit longer we've got to finish this South West Peninsula League um, scene haven't we yet so, yeah uh, definitely yeah, yeah it's brilliant yeah, great work from Phil there mate enjoying that enjoying that but yeah no, mate, yeah, if we can bring just a little bit of uh, happiness into someone's own day. Oh, that's a <laughs> song, that isn't it, by Ken Dodd, was it, Ken Dodd? It is, mate, isn't it? yeah, by Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ken, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Ken Dodd, mate, from the key. Oh, that's an old joke, mate, do you know that one, mate? Ken, Ken mm. oh, just like the song, mate, so Ken Dodd died last night, mate. Everyone just says, did he? <laughs> <laughs> and then you say, no, Doddy, mate. <laughs> It's probably one of the worst jokes ever, mate. But oh. honestly, if you got to someone say Ken Dodd died last night, their, their answer, mate, would be Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. I'm I'm easily pleased, mate. I'm easily yeah. pleased. I've had loads of people on that one, mate. But but uh, there's yeah, a, there's there's a handful of people going off now and googling Ken Dodd probably to find out yeah, that was yeah. all about. So anyone under thirty, they won't even know what we're on about, mate, will they? <laughs> <laughs> right anyway yeah. rapper that's it we're out of time yeah. you can well I was going to say you can go back to bed almost or yeah. so what do yeah. you do now what, what's your schedule on, a, on the first evening when you've finished your four day shift four night shift yeah well usually Dave I, I mean like um, obviously I'm, I'm showered mate usually most mornings mate time I, time I drive home through the traffic and that so I'm usually straight to bed at nine mate and sort of try and sleep till Two or three, if I can, although I hardly ever do, mate. Probably get about four, five hours if I'm lucky, mate. But but on the last day, Dave, I, I usually try and just have, you know, a quick two or three hours, mate, else I can't sleep, you know, when we go to bed at night because I'm in that sort of night cycle, if you know what I mean, mate. So, 
yeah, I try and sort of um, get up as soon as I can. And obviously it's worked out, you know, great today, mate, with the podcast and that. I have to get up anyway, but only just made it, my name. <laughs> Apologies for that. But, but uh, slept uh, more I wanted to today, mate. But, but yeah, I'll probably try and um, fall asleep to some... I usually end up watching like Brave Art or something, Dave, on Sky Movies or, or like Gladiator or something for like the 20th time. Some sort of old film I flip through and fall asleep in my chair about one o'clock, mate, and then yeah, hopefully get back in the routine, you know, tomorrow, mate. But it's tough, mate, the old night shifts. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish them on. Mm-hmm. Too many people, mate. You know, 25 years been doing it, though. You know, oh, think I'd have a routine by now, mate, wouldn't you? But yeah, yeah I don't think it's uh, good for your health, mate. But <laughs> got to be done, mate, isn't it? Especially at the minute, mate. Isn't it? You know, we got to do a bit, mate. I mean, we all got we got to do a bit, mate. You, yeah. you did your time, mate. Now you're enjoying your retirement, mate. Your golf, aren't you? I was going to say enjoying football and golf, but no football to enjoy at the minute, mate. Is there? Uh, but, yeah, that's right. But, uh, so. But, um, yeah, plenty to do, so... Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. Right, so I think it's probably time we say goodbye, don't you? Cheers, mate. Cheers, Dave. Stay, stay safe, everyone, and uh, nice to speak to you, Dave, and see you next week. Well, not see you, yeah, mate, but... Uh, <laughs> no, no. We'll have to have a game of golf soon, mate. We'll yeah. have to have a game of golf. That's true. Yeah. Right, yeah, everyone. Mate. Yeah. Yep. yeah, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Your Cornish Podcast.